tonight on the midnight train podcast we travel back to february 23rd 1999 man i can't wait to play this game this is gonna be dope as fuck dog i can't wait this is gonna be so cool you see the graphics on this thing hell yeah you know what we gotta do? We gotta blaze up before we before we even start this adventure. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what? We gotta hit that sweet leaf. Look, check this out. Oh, oh damn! You going for it? Yeah, clear it. Oh shit! <laughs> oh damn! Hold it in. Oh! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Now it's my turn. Yo, let me show you how this is done. All right, Yo, hold on, man. Give me that. Yo, let me pack it up so you get the real effect. Dude, this game is going to be off all the right. chizane. Hell yeah. Look, look, let me show you how this is done. Hey, get that. All right. Oh, damn. Damn. You're like a Hoover vacuum. Oh, shit. Oh, man, you feel it? Hold it in. Hold it in! Don't be a bitch! Wow! That's what I'm saying! Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying! Alright, let's fire this game up, dog! I'm so excited! Motherfucking Silent Hill! Ooh, it looks spooky! Oh, I I know! Oh, man, look at the graphics! They're just in the loading! Dude, it's so real! Oh! So real! Hey, let's turn the lights down! Turn the lights down! Yeah, yeah, let me get that! Make it spooky and shit! There we go! Oh, man! Oh, wow. Man, look how real that looks. It's so I'm real. I'm like playing a damn movie. It's, it's Who reality. Who would think in 1999 that PlayStation would have a game that looks like a movie? Dude, I know. It's worth it for as fuck, man. Yeah, man. Look at this. I don't even know what's going on. This guy's walking around in this town. Like, I don't what? get it. Oh, this is just the intro. This ain't even the game, oh, dog. Oh, snap, Poison T. You thought this was the game? This is just the beginning, son. Man, it's full surprise. You know what? Let's, let's all right. Hit start all right. button. All right, let's check it out. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, what time? I don't know what button does what, though. You're walking in the fog. You, you got to be that. something in there. I've seen this in a movie. You like, have God, it. This so is all real. So brand real. new. This is 1999 brand new. Whoa. Hold up. Hold up. Yo, yo, yo. Equip. Equip some, equip a weapon. I don't have one. A weapon. I don't have a weapon. Where no, do I... you gotta equip a weapon. Well, where do I get a goddamn weapon? It's in your inventory, you imbecile. I don't get have... this. What? Right, hold up. Look. No, you don't there have a weapon. There. You're fucked. I told you. Oh, oh damn, dude. What, what do you want me to do? We get away from that thing. Oh, I can't. What do you want me to get pick away up from a, it? You want me to pick up a rock and throw it or some shit? It's gonna kill you. You have to start over. You suck no. at this fucking game, bro. Listen, motherfucker, can you do better? I mean, if you want me to show you how it's done. Yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm Tony Hawk Wizard, Cool Borders Two Wizard, <laughs> Ridge Racer Wizard. I mean, if you want me to show you how it's done, these are all I like can. five-year-old games. This game's rated NC17. Well, no, not NC17, but yeah, no such thing. Older, it's rated teen. Oh. So fuck y'all. Let, let me play this. Hold up. You know what? Fine, man. You're gonna die. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, man. You What's wrong with the TV, dude? You fucking broken, man. Oh, man. The TV died. What the hell? Wait, did you not pay your electrical what bill? Heck, what the fuck is... You didn't pay your bill, did dude, you? Dude, we fried the TV. Oh, man. Man, what a bunch of shit. How the hell are we gonna grow high we can't play this game now? What the fuck? What was that? What? What is it? Is that fire alarm? Dude, I don't know. I'm just, what the fuck 
Do you see that? There's a Bobby! Bobby, where you at? I'm right here, I'm just playing. Bobby, this ain't funny, bro! I think it's funny! Why, Bobby? What the fuck is going on? I don't know! What the shit? What is, what is that? Oh my god, what are you? What is that? What the hell are you? You got like a triangle head and a giant ass sword. What the he's, fuck is that? like a warrior. What are you doing here? Oh, Tom, look out. Get back, bitch. Look out, Tom. You. Get out of there. I'm like, ah, ah. Oh my god. Oh my god, Tom. Holy shit. Tom? Tom? Tom, bro, what the fuck? Tonight on Centralia News, two teen boys are still missing. Local authorities claim Tommy Wishbone and Bobby McGee have never returned yet. Investigators say that they were last spotted in Tommy's apartment, which contained a broken TV, a Sony PlayStation, a copy of the video game Silent Hill, and a bong full of downtown brown. If you have any information, please call us today. So, who thinks Jeff finally deserves an Academy Award? We don't either. Tonight we discuss Centralia, Pennsylvania, aka Silent Hill. Also, the Hoosick Tunnel in Massachusetts. So sit back, grab your drink, turn the volume to 11 and... Warning. Listener discretion is advised, we say things like... Yeet. Yeet. Is code for... Fuck you, try hard. And, which one of the Golden Girls gave you a hand job? And, Joan Cusack is really John Cusack with a wig, change my mind? And finally, Whizzlepoof is a golden idea, and if you don't think so you can jump in a chipper shredder. All aboard. Hello, passengers, and welcome to season four, episode six of the Midnight Train podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, you guys know what it means. We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me always is the man that once called Elon, Elon Musk's house to ask if his refrigerator was still running. Jeff Butchko, everybody. Nice. That's funny. I, I actually did that to Moody when he came up today. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, so he talked about He's like, hey, is your refrigerator running? How weird is that? <laughs> I did not know that. Well, that's, I, I that's, did not know that's that. That's creepy. And with us, of course, is the purveyor of the paranormal, the guy who once talked himself into a threesome with his own hands. Oh, it's Mr. Moody. Hi, everyone out there in YouTube land as well. How you guys doing? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you today? Uh, it was good until uh, I put a nail through my bottom of my foot today. Uh, why would you do that? I just wanted to see what would happen. Oh. Did you get your tetanus oh, shot? Okay. I haven't had tetanus shot in years. That's good. So my foot, <laughs> foot's probably going to fall off. Yeah, I that's, might die. That's good. I might not be here next week, guys. Well, if your jaw starts getting all like, mm, and whatnot, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're sitting there and you're like talking like this to everybody, yeah, yeah that means you're, you're, you're going to die, Moody. I mean, we're all going to die. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're <laughs> Wait a second. We are? 
<laughs> in that no, Sylvia Plath no, kind of way. No, yeah. No. Yeah. No, Jeff, we're not. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> so you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we're just three goofballs and assholes that love history and cannot get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means to us that you're listening to our goofy asses right here and right now. Your review your re- reviews? <laughs> what? <laughs> your reviews. Because, I mean, it's right. It's just the emphasis is on the wrong syllable. Yeah. That's all. Oh, okay. Your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. It's going to be one of those shows, guys. I can just tell. <laughs> Had a lot of coffee. Yeah. And saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review if you can. You know, give us five whistle poofs if possible. Poofs, possible. Five poofs, man. Possible. Yeah, five <laughs> poofs if possible. On we the need whistle. a sound effect for that. Yeah, just a... Yeah, just a <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like an old man fart. <laughs> He's got nothing. Pull left. my fingers. Yeah, there's nothing there. Pull it. Yeah, you just hear. Pull my finger. You, you pull it. It's like okay, Grandpa. You pull the finger, and it's just like <laughs> he squeezes his colostomy yes. bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like. Anyway, you guys can leave any review that you would like. Uh, surprise it's like a us. Bag with whatever. of pudding. Yeah, just. Yeah. You can also find us on Spotify by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and click the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. And Patreon subscribers, you know, you guys out there, we love you and you guys are killing it. So we definitely want to say if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, just go on over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com and sign up to be a Patreon producer. That's like the yacht club, Woo. pretty much. So like the elite it is. hangout in the Patreon. Yeah. It's like they have uh, member only jackets. Um, <laughs> what else do they have? Do we need member only? They have clam bakes, yeah, occasional clam bakes where only they are invited to. Ooh. Right. Um, and aren't the, and there the free drinks at the bar? Yeah. And the, and what's the whistle poof um, of convention every um, was it year? Right. Every yeah. year there's the whistle poof convention. Yeah. There's the the stink fest. Stink is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Stink fest for the whistle poof. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Stink fest. So all right, like let let's let's turn down the lights. <laughs> Adjust our seats, grab a drink, and uh, let's get spooky. But, uh, of course, first of all, here is a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. (laughs) Ah, yes. This is a one shake Shinora. What's, what is the uh, significance of this one today? I just like the song. <laughs> I was going to ask. Like, uh, Usually well, you got a theme going. There was like silent lucidity. And I'm like, that's just too down. Yeah. You Ew. know, we definitely don't want to I'm not a Queensryche fan. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you, they're not. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Sorry. Yeah, I was just, trying to find something nice to say on, about it. Jet City Woman. That's a great song. Um, I do like what is the one? Empire. Empire is a cool song. Yeah. Empire. Yeah, man. That's, that's pretty tough. You know, whatever. It's just a dumb name. It's not like not why a dumb name. You know? Oh, hey, let's name our band Queen's Reich. Well, I believe they're but German first, or English, right? There's there's way worse band names out there than Queen's Reich. I feel like they were sharpening they were sharpening swords when they came out with that name. Like they're in the garage of like the lead singer's house, and he's like, Bro, you gotta get the edge of your blade super sharp. You know what? That's Queen's Reich. Whoa, that's our band name. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I mean, do you think that's how that went? I'm pretty sure is. that's how it, is it? it happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> is it an exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> All right. So, passengers, 
Have you ever taken a road trip that found you driving through a desolate, almost damn near abandoned town that gave you the creeps? Yeah, we went mm -hmm. on tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have definitely done that. Ever wonder what may have happened to that town to have transformed it into the harbinger of emptiness it has become? Well, we're going Good to... Words. So, thank you. You like nice that? words. <laughs> we're going to discuss one of these spooky fucking towns today. All right. So today we hop on the train for a little road trip through the mountains of Pennsylvania to explore an old coal mining town. Then we take a jaunt over to Massachusetts to check out what else but a railroad tunnel. I mean, because we are kind of, a, you know. Is that the tunnel we're going through currently? Yeah, look. Right now? Could be. I, I can't. Oh, oh, there it is. There you go. Need a zoom button. <laughs> so you can see behind <laughs> us right now, if you're watching a YouTube video, we're actually going through a tunnel behind us. That's pretty, uh, pretty epic. <laughs> All right. So strap in because the train is leaving the station. Oh, strap yeah. in or strap on? We need potatoes. That's your own thing, Moody? Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that's completely up to you. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, quote, evil is a coal. If it does not burn, it blackens, end quote. That's Charles de Luce, a French author. By now, most of us have heard the tales of Centralia, Pennsylvania, the real-life inspiration behind the town of Silent Hill. The town was uh, left devastated by a coal fire um, burning for around 60 years now, in a coal vein buried under its ground. Now, how did the fire start? Is the town haunted? Was the fire a government conspiracy? These are all the hard-hitting questions that we here at the Midnight Train Podcast hope to answer. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> just listen and enjoy. Jeff, have you ever been to Centralia, Pennsylvania? Uh, via PlayStation, yes. Okay, so you, never in person? No, see, I played the Silent Hill game. Oh, I was obsessed. Growing up, so. In the movies. Well, that was so, my connection there. So the... Uh the game was not necessarily based around the town. It was the movie. The town and the movie was based around it. So the game itself, uh, I don't believe, had really anything to do so with it. So then what they do, the they, they that, took the, the ideas from the, <clears throat> the game and then the actual place and then right. made the movie out of the it? Guy, oh, okay. The guy that That's kind of cool. The guy that made the movie was researching like kind of like towns, like creepy towns, and he found Centralia and was like, he basically based... He liked it so much that he based the town in the movie off of that town. Would you say he freebased the town with some downtown he definitely brown? Definitely based it. I don't know if it was free or not. With some downtown brown. Yeah. yeah. I hear that's some good shit, man. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea. So we're going to set the stage real quick. Heads around here. Yeah. We're going to set the stage real quick with a little info and a brief history of the town. Centralia is a town in Columbia County in Pennsylvania. To give you an idea of location, it's a little over two hours north of Philadelphia. And about four hours due east from Pittsburgh. Yuck. Pittsburgh. So it's like right between the dumpster and the hot garbage heap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can send all hate mail to Jeff at the Midnight Train Podcast dot com. No, I mean, I've kidding. been to both of those places and Philly, they are a dump. Philly just has that like you get out of the car and it's like, wow, it smells like piss here. Yeah. At least where I've been. I did like Philly, though. It's just it's a gross town. Dude, we, we had a blast in Pittsburgh. We went there for... Um, for the, the the punk fest, the no effects uh, yeah, thing, yeah, punk yeah. and drublick or whatever. Dude, we had a blast there. <laughs> Real quick side note on that. Last time we went to Pittsburgh for something, we drove by that place and we had to look at the sign because remember that no effects did that like fucking song about that like lumber company? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they just did a random song about what was it called? Like Jim's or Jim Bob? Or, yeah, or, I, I honestly forgot it again, but we looked and we saw the sign. We're like, oh, it's the fucking lumber company. That's hilarious. So the land that makes up the town was sold to colonial agents from the natives in the area uh, for about 650 bucks in 1749, which would be roughly $41,000 in today's dinero. That's uh, Robert. That's pretty good amount of money. 
people out of Roberts. Roberts. <laughs> in 1832, Jonathan Faust opened the Bull's Head Tavern in what was called Roaring Creek Township. This gave the town its first name, Bull's Head. And in 1842, Centralia's land was bought by the Locust Mountain Coal and Iron Company. Alexander Ray, a mining engineer, moved his entire family and began planning a village, laying out streets and lots for development. Ray named the town Centerville, but in 1865 changed it to Centralia because the U.S. Post Office already had a Centerville in, is that Skullkill? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like the, uh, the K kill? sound or if it's the Shul kill. We're gonna say Skull Kill because that <clears> sounds, sounds cool, awesome, yeah. and I even like the way it's spelled S C H U Y L K I L L. So it's either Shul Kill or Skull Kill. Schedule. It's, it's <laughs> schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so this is in uh, Skull Kill County. So the mine run railroad was built in uh, 1854 to transport coal out of the valley, and of course. As we hear in other podcasts, if you have a railroad, you're going to get a town by it. Right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's right. what happens. Little shout out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to say their name just no, in case. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Locust Ridge and Coal Ridge Mines opened in 1856. Afterward um, came the Hazeldell Colliery Mine in 1860, the Centralia Mine in 1862, and the Continental Mine in 1863. You'll hear me uh, pause a little bit on some of these words because I don't know how to fucking pronounce them. Just I, go with your gut in, instinct. I love and, I love doing research where there's like weird names and crazy shit. Because you know you're gonna fuck with I me. I just can't wait to see what you say. Can <laughs> <laughs> it just start adding random shit in there for me? <laughs> I would just make them up. Make them all like French. French. If you can't pronounce it, just make it the French translation. Even if it's not even French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah, be that. like afterward. <laughs> Kim's the Hazeldale Colliery Mine. Yeah, you need you more spit good. though with it like a. In, in the Centralia. There you go. See? That sounds perfect. <laughs> in the Continental Mans in 1863. Is that better? That's really good. All I right. like it. So uh, you do a great I think French, you should do the do rest of the podcast French like guy. that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> At least the next paragraph. <laughs> I have to do the whole next paragraph? That yeah, way? yeah, yeah. Shit. All right. Centralia was incorporated as a bureau in 1866. Its principal employer was the anthracite cool industry. Alexander Ray, the town's founder, was murdered in his buggy by members Why? of the Molly Maguires on October 17th, 1868. Why are you so mad, bro? <laughs> because they're French. <laughs> you ever notice that? Like, they could talk calm, but it he sounds was, like they're so angry. He was murdered. He was murdered in his what? <laughs> his what? He was murdered in his what? His buggy. <laughs> he was murdered in his buggy. <laughs> Uh, by members amazing. of the Molly Maguires in 18, uh, October 17th, oh, 1868. Shit. Anyway, during a trip between Centralia and Mount Carmel. Caramel. Caramel. <laughs> but there's no A. Yes, there is. It is silent. So three men were eventually convicted oh, of his death and were hanged in the county seat of Bloomsburg on March 25th, 1878. That paragraph was so aggressive. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't it wasn't informative. It was aggressive. <laughs> like even if you didn't want to know what was going on, you were forced to know. Why are you yelling at me? Because I am French. <laughs> the caramel threat. I just I have to enforce what I am saying to you. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. So the Molly, Molly Maguires were an Irish 19th oh, century secret society active in Ireland, Liverpool and parts of the eastern United States, best known for their activism among Irish-American and Irish-immigrant coal miners in Pennsylvania. After a series of often violent conflicts, 20 suspected members of the Molly Maguires were convicted of murder and other crimes and were executed by hanging 
1877 and in 1878. This history remains part of local Pennsylvania lore. If you want to really get into this history, it's very interesting. And a good two hours of research was lost following this branch of the river. So, so and obviously, uh, Moody must have went down the rabbit hole on that one. Huh? Dude, I, I I clicked on one link and I was like, I wonder who these guys are. And then like two hours later, I'm like, fuck, I got to get back. I got to get back to the actual research. You ended up man. at like Tony Danza doing like riding a dirt bike over a... A sweet jump while like a Dude, pool of sharks. It was super cool to read about that though. Like that's a really cool thing to get into if you if you're interested in it for sure. On a side note, um, if you look behind us right now, we're actually going through another tunnel. Oh. Ooh. It's magic. Anyway, so if you're watching on Creepy YouTube, tunnel. you can see what the hell we're talking about. If not, then it just sounds stupid and I'm an idiot. So <laughs> yeah. So the uh, town reached its uh, peak population in 1890 at 2,761. Wow, that's a pretty large town. That's actually roughly what Olmsted Falls is, where I, uh, where, we, where the train station is. Oh, that's roughly okay. what it is. Okay. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody, yeah. And, and every yeah. secret is like a fart and windstorm, dude. That's right. It's like yep. before, as soon as it happens, someone down the street already knows about it. It's so. a whistle poof away. But here's, <laughs> but Jeff, here's the best part. You ready? Today, the population in this town sits somewhere in the range of seven. Oh, <laughs> as reported in 2013. Not, do you think not they're all related? Huh? Not do you think they're all related? <laughs> they, probably, they probably all hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> that damn son of a bitch down there. He owes me at least $20 for that cow he had last week. Say, so at least you know who's fucking with your stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. You got six people to choose from. And two of them are probably related, yeah. <laughs> There's been a matter. Yeah, so it's considerably less. So um, at its peak, the town had seven churches, five hotels, 27 saloons, two theaters. At How bank. many churches? Um, seven. So there's a church for every person? Well, no, this no, was, back was back in the back day, in when day. It, when oh, it, when, at the peak. I thought this was like, I like what, everybody needs their own church. <laughs> Everyone's got their yeah. own church. I was like, really? There is still that would one. Actually, that'd actually Maybe be that's cool. why that town caught on fire. There is still one church active there in that town. Well, we'll no, talk about it later. No, seven people probably go there, right? Is it Reverend Horton Heat? Okay. Oh, dude, I just saw him in like December. Oh, well, Reverend Horton Heat, he's awesome. Yeah. So it has 27 saloons, which is fa- it had, which is amazing that it has that many more saloons than anything else. 20 more saloons than there are churches. Yeah, that's awesome. So they like to drink. Two theaters, a bank, a post office, and 14 general and grocery stores. As the mining saw a decline later, many young uh, younger miners joined the war effort in World War Two. Well, one. I'm sorry, World War One. It, it looked weird to me. So that this is back in. It's, clear, it's clearly a W, a W, and an I. Right. Well, I don't know. Shut up. So the Wall Street crash in 1929 saw the closing of five of the mines in Centralia, leading to, of all things, bootleg coal mining. Yeah. Coal mining continued through the 1960s until most moves were shut down. But those pesky bootleggers kept it all well into the 80s. Okay, so with that that shit out of the way here, and uh, Jeff most likely asleep, um, <laughs> let's let's move on to the big shit here. So now, but before we do that, let's let's go back for a second and talk about bootleg coal mining. Yeah, bootleg coal mining. I want to talk about this for a second. Yeah, so that's like yep. you're coal mining secretly, right? And so, selling so the coal. What they would I would assume you're is, finding uh, mines, taking so from, it, and from what I could tell, from what I read, there would be groups of like two to like seven to 10 people. They kept it small and they would go down into the abandoned mines and they would, uh, they would go after, they called them uh, like coal. I can't remember what they call it. Basically what they did when they dug the mines is they left big pillars that were uh, of coal 
that basically kept the mines from collapsing. Yeah. And the, oh, okay. the bootleg miners would go in and basically take the coal from those supports. Holy shit, they're risking their lives to take the coal from that? Yeah, they would go in like very deep and start working their way back. So if they took some out and it collapsed, it would collapse in and they'd still have more to get to. And but, uh, they would go in there and take as much as they could out and, and sell it. But so, I, I and if I'm wrong on this, I have no idea. My grandfather was a coal miner for a long time and I have no idea about it, but don't you need a lot of fucking coal to make money, right? Yeah. So how much coal could these bootleggers? It goes by the weight. Well, yeah, but I'm talking. There's train loads of it and shit that they're coming out, like yeah. actual companies. Yeah. So that'd be like, I, I don't know, like don't getting know a nugget they, of gold. So now and I don't know if they were like selling it to like big like resellers or companies, or if it was like, hey, dude, I just dug 50 pounds of coal out of this thing. You want it? I'll sell it to you for how much money? You know what I'm saying? Like selling it to locals and stuff like that just to make a, a couple bucks on the side. Kind of like scrappers do around here now. Right. In, instead of, so instead of having to go somewhere like a big cert, like a big provider to get your coal for this much money, you could talk to Bill down the street who just got out of the mine with a bucket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get 50 pounds of coal from him <laughs> for half yeah. the price or whatever. Yeah, I guess is, that know? makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty awesome. Like, tell so, you what. Hey, I know you want to buy Chad's coal, <laughs> but my coal is twenty percent off. Is it Cole Martinez? I, I, I. All right. Well, I think we should take a break, and then we'll come back and let's talk about the fire. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. Every morning. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka. 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors or head over to voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. While you're there, pick up some voodoo merchandise and use the promo code Midnight Train Podcast. All one word. To get 10% off your entire order, that's voodoo, V-O-U-D-O-U-X.com. Promo code Midnight Train Podcast for 10% off. And you can now buy this delicious vodka online. So order some today and drink with us whenever you listen to the show. Voodoo Vodka, it's magic. But now we return to your regularly scheduled program. All right, so let's talk about the fire. Fire! Sorry, we keep doing it anyway. So there are several different theories about what triggered the devastating fire. The first and most widely accepted theory is that the town did it to themselves accidentally while attempting to clean up the, the town landfill, which is fucked up if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you think about I mean, just think about that for a second. You're like, hey, everyone, we're going to go do this. And your town's now been burning for 60 years. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. On May 27th, uh, 1962, five volunteer firefighters, as they had in the past, set the dump on fire and let it burn for some time. Unlike in previous years, however, the fire was not fully extinguished. An unsealed opening in the pit allowed the fire to enter the abandoned coal mines beneath Centralia. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, that's fucking crazy. So same thing they always did, and then, boom, coal fire. Well, that's what happened to me when I burnt down the laundromat on accident. So, <laughs> I'm not even joking. That happened. I forgot about that yeah. shit, too. So, for the listeners out there who actually know me and know this story, uh, yeah, it's kind of a fucked up thing because, I don't know, just, you know, it is what it is. But I was washing bar towels, and I've gone to the same laundromat over and over again, and I forgot them 
And apparently when I put them in the dryer, they spontaneously combusted or something and caught fire to a laundromat. <laughs> well, it makes sense. Were the Bartels soaked in alcohol? No, they were washed already. They were washed and they were degreased and they were everything. And it was actually four hour, four or five hours after they had dried in the dryer. They were did sitting you, in there. Did you use Tide Pods with gasoline? Shut up, Jeff. Oh, God. <laughs> so the second theory is similar to this, but uh, involves a trash um, Haley dumping. Tra- what? A trash. <laughs> <laughs> trash hauler, it's supposed to be. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking moody dude just just so you guys know this was done at the uh between the hours of 3 a.m and about 6 a.m when i was at work working overtime okay so, so the second theory is similar to this off. but involves a trash hauler <laughs> dumping hot coals that were discarded from coal burners into the landfill no uh no uh, Notes from the borough council minutes from June 4th, 1962 refer to two fires at the dump and that five fire five firefighters had submitted bills for, quote, fighting the fire at the landfill area. Did the, they fight fire with fire? I don't know if that's I how that works. I think Captain Hetfield was there. So I guess the... Uh, Is that how that works? There was a large fire and they showed up with flamethrowers to put the fire out. So they were fighting fire with fire. And he came out and he's like, wow. give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the borough by law was responsible for installing a fire resistant clay barrier between each layer of the landfill, but fell behind schedule, leaving the barrier incomplete. This allowed the hot coals to get into the vein of coal underneath the pit and start the subsequent subterranean fire. While wow, subsequent subterranean that's that's a that's a juicy one. <laughs> the subsequent subterranean. The subsequent subterranean. Actually, that's a pretty good word. I like that one. So one last theory proposed was that a previous fire in 1932 was never fully extinguished and made its way to the landfill area by 1962. This is disputed by a local miner who claims to have operated a bootleg mine near the landfill area from 1960 to 1962. (laughs) He was like, now listen, between you and me, there weren't no fire down there when I was stealing all that shit. (laughs) So wait a minute, you were stealing stuff? I'm just trying to help you out. All right. Innocent till proven this, guilty. This isn't about me. This <laughs> yeah, is about you. Exactly. This ain't about me. All right. This happened a long time ago. Anyway. The said, art of reversal, right? <laughs> right. He says that uh, that if this were the case, he and his brother would have likely been overcome and killed by the noxious fumes making their way through the interconnected tunnels in the area, which I, makes total freaking sense. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I just think it's funny that he dimed himself out in order to tell everybody, but what are they going to do now? <laughs> I you, know, know, you know what I mean? Like, freaking 30 years later or something. So in 1979, the problem really made itself known when a gas station owner, then mayor John Cottington inserted a dipstick into one of the, (laughs) one of his underground tanks to check the fuel level. When he pulled it out, (laughs) stop laughing. You perverts. It seemed. Thank you. He said it seemed hot. He lowered a thermometer into the tank on a string and was shocked to discover that the temperature of the gasoline in the tank was 172 degrees Fahrenheit. Oops. Oh boy. That is a no bueno right there. Can you imagine having all that gas just freaking <laughs> boiling? <laughs> like, that's it. Someone accidentally put their cigarette out and there's a small leak somewhere. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's, that's, oh, boy. So, anyway, statewide attention to the fire began to increase. It came to a head again, perverts, in uh, 1981 when a 12 year old resident named Todd Domboski fell into a sinkhole four feet wide. Oh, by- good for you. <laughs> 
Way to go, Todd. <laughs> that was fucked up. <laughs> it was four feet wide by 150 feet deep. <laughs> Fell in a four foot wide hole, Todd. You can't maneuver around that. Dude, 150 foot deep. Well, that's what he gets. It's four wow. feet. You could jump four feet. Yeah, but that, that is- shit literally just disintegrates under your feet. Like You don't have the time. Yeah, to he's fucking- just walking. And then all of a sudden it just it, hey. it opened up beneath his feet. You got to be quick. You never know. He was 12 and probably was like, ah, what's it going? Ah." Clearly he was unathletic. (laughs) Ah. Would you leave Todd alone? We don't even know the poor kid. So uh, it opened up beneath his feet in his backyard. His cousin, 14-year-old Eric Wolfgang, pulled Domboski out of the hole and saved his life. The plume of hot steam billowing from the hole was tested and found to contain a lethal level of carbon monoxide. Yikes. So the kid, uh, he almost almost didn't make it there. So that's... uh, He made it though. So He did uh, make it. Yay, Todd. Yay, Todd, no matter what Jeff says about you. Yeah, don't listen to Jeff. He's yeah, a dick. Don't listen to Jeff. He's an asshole. In, 19, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> in 1983, the U.S. Congress allocated more than $42 million for reloca- relocation efforts. Nearly all of the residents accepted the government's buyout offers. More than 1,000 people moved out of the town and 500 structures were demolished. By 1990, the census recorded 63 remaining residents. In 2002, the U.S. Postal Service discontinued Centralia's zip code. <laughs> Sorry, folks. You're Fuck not it. really there. You're done. Yeah. We need that for someplace over in Utah. They so got now, discontinued. So now I guess they use uh, whatever the next, I don't know if it's the next biggest town over, is now like their zip code. It's like a, a double zip code, basically. That's what happened where I live. Yeah. That's what. That's how it is where I live, too. I live yeah. in a township, and it's so small that they tied it onto the next biggest city. That, yeah, that's how that's it is what, where which, I live, too. That's how it is here. Which screws up, like, when I go to file for insurance or apply for insurance, like home insurance, they they base my rates off the big city that's nearby and not the actual township I live in. Oh, because of that. Uh, so it's kind of, of a... Code. But I don't pay taxes, which Hey-o. is nice, because yeah. township. So, I mean, it's a catch-22. You mean, like Rita? It's a double-edged blade. Is that what you're talking about? You <sighs> Rita? You don't pay your Rita? Yeah. Is that, about? Is, that yeah. is that the Queensryche blade? Yes. <laughs> we need a hit song. I got it. Silent lucid dreams. No. Silent lucidity. And I come to you <laughs> in silent lucidity. It was like a light switch. You just, it's like. <laughs> I'm sorry. That song is so. Uh, it's, it's like medieval. Ex- anyway. Excalibur metal, right? Yeah, it's it's whatever. So in, <laughs> only 16 homes were still standing by 2006, which was reduced to 11 by 2009 when Governor Ed Rendell began the formal eviction of the remaining Centralia residents. Only five homes remained by 2010. There's a ton of legal stuff that went on from the 90s and, and up until 2013. In February 2012, the Commonwealth Court ruled that a declaration of taking could not be reopened or set aside on the basis that the purpose for the condemnation no longer exists. So in other words, there ain't shit you can do about it. Right. Seven people, including the borough council president, had filed suit claiming the condemnation condemnation, <laughs> condemnation <laughs> was no longer needed. The underground fire had moved and the air quality in the borough was the same as that in Lancaster. What does that say about Lancaster? Yeah, that means Lancaster probably <laughs> sucks too. Is that supposed to be a good thing or a yeah. bad thing? Like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Lancaster's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Why are you wheezing? <gasps> no reason. Know. Yeah, no reason. I was born like <gasps> this. In October 2013, the remaining residents settled their lawsuit, receiving $218,000 in compensation for the value of their homes, along with $131,500 to settle additional claims and the right to stay in their homes for the rest of their lives. So they got paid off to stay where they're at. 
fucking donkey's yeah. dick swinging in front of their face. <laughs> what the fuck was that? What? I heard something. There was a misfire. <laughs> I heard something about it. was a misfire. Safety was not on. Um, was so was yeah, that our first train wreck of the day? Was yeah, that what that was? Yeah, uh, where's our sound at, man? I don't know. Where'd you put it? Is it this one? I'll go home and get your f- No. <laughs> no, that's not. There's the first so, turn, right? So basically, I guess um, at that point, what happened was they were like, there was a last however many people, and they just didn't want to leave. So they hired um, they hired people to do like a uh, kind of like a survey of the town and everything. And they said that since the uh, they they concluded that since the fire had moved from where it was, and the air quality is better now, that uh, they should be allowed to stay in their homes and all this. And they were fighting against. Uh, because basically they were ninjas. just they were just evicting people like you guys got to get out you got to get out they were fighting against ninjas people and they said that they didn't want to leave ninjas no there were no ninjas damn it it was should have uh, been there, Jeff there should have been ninjas but then again not in that town Todd can't even jump a four foot hole so I mean how are you gonna have ninjas <laughs> dude it's not like he just walked up to it looked at it and said huh and then walked I'm sure the he hole, had dude. plenty of time to get the hell out of Dodge that's I just, not how sinkholes work dude I, I just love that that Moody's totally defending a kid he's never met before. I know. Yeah, it's just a like, dick. Like it's his best friend or something, you know? How do you know I don't know him? <laughs> Me and Tom, my friend Todd didn't have time. He didn't, He man. fell in a hole and accident. I was there. I saw it. Aw. But no, I get what you're saying, though, and, and going back to that a little bit. So, if, and two, like, you got to really um, respect the wherewithal, the people that live there, knowing that, like, your town's under fi- or underground is on fire. What is right. a werewolf wall? <laughs> Where, wherewithal. Oh, where said a werewolf wall. I'm like, what is that? I don't know, but it needs to be something. A bunch of lichens get together and make a wall like uh, World War Z. I don't know, but can we make one of those? Yeah. Werewolf Werewolf wall. wall. Werewolf wall. Werewolf wall. (laughs) Now it sounds like werewolf. Put it on the schedule. (laughs) On the schedule (laughs) with the werewaffle. It's just a really hairy waffle that's been sitting in your refrigerator. (laughs) It's got extra protein. It's a werewaffle. I think we got one waffle left in there. (laughs) I don't want that one. Something's changed. Dad, I don't want that one. You eat it or you will go to bed. Oh, it's got syrup on it already? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. All right. So there's the background of the town and the fire. With that out of the way and uh, setting the stage, let's get into the spooky stuff. Oh, boy. And a possible government conspiracy. Yeah, you like that? So there are stories of creepy things happening in the area, as well as stories of haunted buildings, most of which no longer stand, unfortunately. Uh, do the dead miners haunt the town? Are their souls still risking the mines and the burning fire? Well, I don't know. Are they? I don't. Let's get into that. Okay. Here's a few of the tales and firsthand accounts of ghostly sightings here yes. at Centralia, Pennsylvania, also known as Silent Hill. Dun, 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 dun. I was waiting for it. Thank you, Moody. You're welcome. All right. There is the story posted on a bulletin board a few years ago of Ruth Ederson, who visited in the fall of 1998. Oh, yeah. Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> Old lady Ruth. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, um, um, old man Ederson's wife, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's Todd's yeah. grandma. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. could be. You never know. I mean, it's in small town. town. You yeah, never yeah. know, man. So Ruth and her friend Although swore she was visiting. Oh, she oh so she was just visiting. Okay. So Ruth and her friend swore they saw a couple of people walking out of the smoke who appeared to be wearing min, uh, mining helmets. Mini, 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 mini helmets. helmets. <laughs> They're mini, mini helmets. <laughs> They're mini. It's like, remember you used to, when you were a kid and you used to get the ice cream and it was in the mini baseball helmet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were wearing those. That was great. <laughs> just on the side of their head. Yeah, just <laughs> stuck right to the Wait, top. Do you remember um, in Living Color, the two uh, the movie guys? 
Oh, and the hated one, it. He had, he had that little hat on the yeah. side. Of it. It's like, little top hat. <laughs> like you put on a cake. Yeah. Dude, I loved what was their, their rating system. It was like two it. snaps, a twist, and a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and they're talking about the football one. He was like, in my backfield in motion. Yeah. <laughs> God, uh, I miss that that's show. That's the Wayne Brothers, right? Yeah. 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 I miss that's that where, show. Uh, that was good. That's where What's His Name got to start, too. Jim Carrey. Uh, Jim Carrey. Jim yeah. Carrey. Dude, Jennifer Lopez got started there. She was there. a dancer. She was yeah. a dancer. And one Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, he was one of the backup dancers before he started playing football. What? Google it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. I am. I'm looking it up right you now. You just learned something. Yeah. You. I don't believe a fucking word Jeff says, but it's breaking news. <laughs> is it? It is. <laughs> is it? Oh, I can't wait to see. Am it. I right, Moody? What? Am I right? What, what, no, I'm Are looking. You? I'm looking right now. Yeah, Please yeah. look that up. So Scott Saylor of Mays Landing, New Jersey, wrote this account of his visit. Quote, I visited Centralia last weekend with a couple of friends, and I thought I might share a very weird experience I had while exploring the town. We were there for about an hour and a half and were checking out the interesting locations that I, heard, I had heard about, like the burning hillside the crack in Route 61, and the streets without homes. We were in the area next to an old cemetery on the east side of the town, east of Route 61. We had just checked out the old tombstones and were getting a whiff of smoke from the east. A uh, whizzle whiff. A whizzle, whistle poof. A whizzle poof of yeah. smoke. East of, uh, of that, so we walked down the old gravel road to look around. We found a slag-covered hillside with steam coming out of it and were pretty fascinated by some fossils we found. When we heard what sounded like a voice saying something inaudible from down below where we were. Hold on. Pause on that. No, I don't even know why I bothered looking at it, to be honest with you. You know what? I knew he was fucking lying. I trolled you hard, bro. Um, you actually put that in your URL and looked it up. And people at Google are like, what is wrong with this asshole? Why is he looking that's this fine. up? You, if that's what if uh, that's what they think is weird of the shit that I look up, then yeah, that's, yeah, true. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. So back to the story here. Um, uh, He says, all three of us heard it. We figured it was someone else checking out the area too, so we sort of ignored it. Then we heard it again, a little more clearly. A few words, and it sort of sounded like, leave this place. place. I think it was George Romero? (laughs) Kind of, because he he, he had emphysema. Oh, okay. So That's that's pretty spooky, right? Yeah, that was pretty good. In that town, everybody has emphysema, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's rough. Do you think if you stood outside the town limits, you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fucking Darth Vader. Yeah. Let's go to the store. <laughs> 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 Sorry. So at that moment, uh, the Come hill. Bunch of assholes making fun of people with emphysema <laughs> and Todd falling down a hole. It was a rough one, folks. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, all the people there. So at the moment, the hill um, we were standing on started steaming more than a few moments before, and it really stunk like rotten eggs. So it was a steamy pile that was stinky? Yeah. Well, it, it smells like sulfur. That's like two poofs. Two poofs? Easy. Is that what it is? Yeah. Sulfur is two poofs? Yeah. Because okay. it's kind of like a manufactured smell. When you have natural gas body odor that comes out of the orifice of a hole, that's at least three poofs, four poofs, five, maybe, depending on what you ate. Right? We got to discuss this rating system. <laughs> well it sort of spooked us he says <laughs> so we figured we better head back to the car and uh, we do have to discuss the rating system by the way exactly we, we gotta figure right. that out but not yeah. during the middle of this guy's really exhilarating story it's just right? hard for me because sometimes you get ideas and you don't want them to be forgotten <laughs> 
No, we're not. We're still moving. Look, we're on a bridge. Oh, now we're on a bridge. Ooh, nice. A green bridge. Oh, there's some cars. All right. <laughs> meep, meep. We're going. We're going seventy kilometers an hour. By the way. Right right. Ooh, seventy. How, how fast is That's that? That's ludic- ludicrous speed. <laughs> ludicrous speed. <laughs> <laughs> We've like, been uh, jammed. It's probably like 80, 80 miles an hour, maybe. What kind of jam is it? <laughs> Raspberry. <laughs> Comb the desert. We ain't found shit. <laughs> Dude, if you think about it, that's so racist. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it was, it's, I mean, Mel Brooks. That was, that was the point. Have you though. seen Blazing Saddles? Oh yeah, Mel that Brooks did not point. give two shits. No, because they didn't have whine, whiny little cancel culture babies back then. God, it was so. It was all. It was, it was all so fucking, racist. But Everybody it was, it was can on laugh. Purpose. It was, it oh, was yeah, a, it was intentional. There was shit. a point behind oh, yeah. it. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he says, as we were uh, walking back in the area of the cemetery, we heard it again. Not the same words and not clear, but something like, quote, why? What? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> what was even weirder was that it wasn't like someone was yelling out of the bushes. It was quiet and kind of closer, and we couldn't figure out the direction it was coming from. Too weird. We got back to our car and didn't see any other cars or people the uh, entire time we were there. We left and weren't sure what to make of it. We really weren't sure uh, we wanted to talk about it. All I know is I'm not going back. When I go home, or when I got home, I found out that the area where um, where I, we were walking. <laughs> wow, this guy fucked it up. I was going to say, that is not No, me. this is a quote, actually. That is not me. He says, where we were walking <clears throat> was near the location that was where the fire started across in the cemetery. I'm the fire starter. <laughs> Jesus. I just thought I'd let you know about it. Something is not right about that place. End quote. That was really weird to get through like that one. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so that, he was so frightened he couldn't get his words right. Maybe. So basically, he's saying he's hearing disembodied voices. Voices, nah, <laughs> which is pretty awesome, and uh, and you know, not creepy at all. I mean, obviously, if you go there, you want to hear someone going, Get out of the dead. <laughs> 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 oh my god, you see the big black Coke bottle glasses like peeking through the bush with beady eyes. Like, I have a new movie, <laughs> it's called Fire of the Dead. <laughs> As far as haunted houses go, there is this account from a guy named Jim who went there with his girlfriend. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. But now we return to your regularly scheduled program. So this uh, account is from a guy named Jim. Who went there with his girlfriend. All right. Little Diddy about a guy named Jim <laughs> sucking on chili dogs <laughs> in emphysema town. Oh, man. All right. So it goes a little like this. We apologize if you have emphysema. Yeah. That <laughs> sucks. It's not really that funny. It's not. Well, the emphysema John, John Cougar not. made fun of it. So I don't know what you guys yeah. talking about. Yeah, I guess it was. The fucking Coog. The Coog. <laughs> the Coog. <laughs> It's such a Canadian thing. It's like I picture two Canadian guys like taking their garbage out at the end of the driveway and they meet up. Like, do you hear about the Coog? <laughs> Coog's playing. I don't think he's Canadian, is he? No. Yeah, I don't think so. It could be though. Brian Adams is I mean, Canadian though. Yeah. You know who else is? Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> did we have this exact conversation yes, the last we episode? Did. He's the only Canadian that matters. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky's a dick. Jesus. Fuck Wayne Gretzky. Wow. Right. Sorry, Wayne. All right. So it goes a little something like this. Hi, my name is Jim. Hit it. (laughs) About a month ago, my girlfriend Lori and I were coming back from Nobles, and we decided to take 61 home and stop at Centralia to take a look, as uh, we did once before. 
First, let me say we're not superstitious. In fact, we're quite the opposite. We like checking out abandoned places and old buildings, old cemeteries, and that sort of thing. We've seen a lot of old abandoned homes over the years, but the one we checked out in Centralia about a month ago really gave us a fright. It was a white abandoned twin home up on a uh, side street on a hill. There were two units and both uh, had red numbers. Was the hill silent? It, oh, it might have been. There were two units and both had red numbers sprayed on the front, which indicated from uh, what I gathered, the homes were probably set to be demolished in the near future. So we decided to check it out. The back door was open, so we went in. Giggity. (laughs) Giggity. Some of the first floor windows were boarded up, making it dark, but we explored the old house a little. Um, We were on the second floor in the hallway near the stairs that led up and down to the first and the third floor. The door was open leading up to the third floor. Lori was in the hallway while I was at the top of the steps that lead downstairs. At that point, we heard footsteps coming down the stairs from the third floor. It sounded to me that the steps were coming down the ce- uh, down the ceiling above the steps going down to the first floor. So my first thought was someone was coming down out of the attic. <laughs> or, One more time for that because that was yeah, really confusing I, as shit. I had to read that like three times. It sounded to me that the steps were coming down the ceiling. Okay. Or from the ceiling. I, uh, let's uh, from the ceiling above the steps going down to the first floor. So my first thought was someone coming down out of the attic or third floor bedroom. At first we were startled and thought someone else was in the house. As the footsteps sounded like they were about to reach the second floor hallway, Lori looked into the stairwell expecting to see someone. There wasn't anyone there. At the same time, I looked down the steps to the first floor and saw nobody. We just stared at each other for a few seconds. I said to her, you want to leave? She said, yes. We made a beeline down to the back door where we came, <laughs> where we came in and out of the car. <laughs> Giggity again. We drove about a uh, hundred feet and stopped to look back at the house, looking at the windows. I mean, we expected to see someone looking out at us. Nothing, though. Really weird. Like someone walked down those stairs, but we couldn't see them. It freaked us out. Anyway, I don't know what to make of that. You wouldn't know who uh, used to live in that house? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who he's asking. He, he actually like a, made he posed it. the question. He actually made a question says you wouldn't know who used to live in that house. I'm assuming he's at, I'm assuming he's like putting it out there. Like, yeah. Does anybody know? Right. And not even know? sure where it was or what the numbers were. But if I ever thought a house was haunted, it would be that one sort of changed my impression of old vacant homes. Jim. All right. So what do we think about old Jim's little story there? He went That's to confusing a, as hell to me. But he's not a, a yeah. very um, prolific he's individual no in writing. No. Yeah. He's not a very good writer. Sorry, Jim. But who is, you know, I wonder who if is? Jim has emphysema. He might at this point. He does now. I don't know when that was, <laughs> um, I don't know when that was from. Sorry. But, uh, and by the way, we're we're totally joking about the emphysema thing. That sucks for anyone out there that may have that. No, we're not. Okay. Anyway. All right. Well, me and John are joking about Correct. it. Jeff is an asshole. Again, we're talking about Todd falling down the hole. Jeff at. Did you fucking back <laughs> off a Todd already, please? God, I'm going to have to call that, him. That's your this. boy. I'm going to have to call him now and, and apologize. Yikes. So there is. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, Moody be like, hey, Todd, I just want to apologize. He'd be like, I fell on the hole. <laughs> so there is one church left in the town that is still active today. It's a beautiful old church called the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. They still hold mass every Sunday, and there are reports of ghostly sightings and orbs, although these are few and may just be, um, or wait, they, these are few and may just be or there to make the church seem creepier. Okay, just take out the ore and deal with it, okay? <laughs> Basically, they're saying that it just may be there there's, to, there's to make the church seem like There's some stories about it, creepy. but yeah, it doesn't, I couldn't find a whole lot <clears throat> as far as reports on, on the church being haunted. It's a cool church, though, and apparently 
every Sunday they have mass and uh, afterwards the, uh, the pastor gives everyone coffee and donuts. So Aww. is it a yeah. snake handling church? No, it's something like that. Now, wait a minute. It's like a Russian or like one. of I don't know. It's like a I don't know what the fuck it is. Are people coming from out of the town to go to right. this church? A lot of the people that had moved out of the town are coming back and still oh. going. To the, they still go to the church for mass. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. I guess because um, what they said is um, that they had a uh, survey done on the church. Survey says. And uh, <laughs> so the church was actually built on a uh, a promise, a, an area where it was like solid rock. There was no coal vein underneath it. So they didn't have to worry about the fire burning out under the church and the church collapsing. Okay. So they just left it and then he dude's basically like, I'm fucking staying. So huh. they're not worried about the church falling down or, or anything like well, that, because I guess it's on a nice solid piece well, of. First of all, and I, you know, we've talked about it before. We're not religious people or anything, but the people that are religious, they literally have like zero shits to give. They they feel like they're they're good to go. If something happens, it happens. It's like an entitled feeling. It's because uh, God's going to take care of them. Right. right. They're going to be taken care of. And when so. he doesn't, we'll all laugh. Oh, my God. Why? Why? what? I feel like, <laughs> I feel something, like something bad happened to Jeff this week. Yeah. Are you okay? I'm great. We're talking about this in the bonus episode. Who okay. touched you and yeah. where? Ooh, that's definitely going in the bonus episode. So should Patreons make, should make that into a game show. <laughs> Who touched <laughs> you and where? <laughs> Was it the penis? <laughs> make it like Clue. Yeah. <laughs> Was it your guidance counselor in, in the, the hall <laughs> <laughs> on your penis in the fourth grade? What? What happened? Two of the three. We're going to do an assessment <laughs> test. All right, well, Jeff, guess what? What? Now we're talking about <laughs> UFOs, as in unidentified flying objectives. Objects, but yes. Okay. So UFOs. UFO sightings have been steadily increasing in Pennsylvania. Most likely, they are trying to figure out why, in this great expanse of the universe, people still like the Steelers. Sorry, but being from Cleveland, we have to get our shots in. You know how it is. Anyway, according to reports, there's been several incidents uh, around the Centralia area. One of those supposedly happened on August 6th, 2002. In broad daylight around noon or 1 p.m., many people claimed to have seen a UFO flying over Centralia and heading west before disappearing. According to the story, just after that, around 2 p.m., a 39-year-old man named Todd. Huh. Another Todd. It's not the same Todd, by the way. Oh, that would have been that amazing. Been, that would have been a full circle fucking yeah, thing. That would have been, been great. All right. All right, so, what did this Todd fuck up? <laughs> well, Todd's uh, Todd got fucked up. His name is actually Todd Sees. You didn't see that coming. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ah. Wait, is there is this? Ah, there, there it is. Go. I like how you go. Is this the right button? <laughs> That's all you have to do is press the buttons. You I had know, one you job. Guys, you have them labeled for the first bank, and I don't know what bank I'm on all right, right now. We gotta switch that. Fucking pay attention. We'll, You're on the we'll Bank of America. It. Yeah. Fuck Bank of America. So Todd. Um, um, he anyway he he, uh, <laughs> he sees he disappears about 20 miles from Centralia. Two farmers would claim to see a, ha a, a craft hovering near the uh, tree line, and also that they could see something being lifted up into the craft. Do you think he was too big to lift, so they just kind of like carried him for a while? <laughs> He's like, ah! Are you gonna pull me up or what? Or let me down? Make up your mind. He's <laughs> too fat. We can't carry him. <laughs> Just let him go. <laughs> He's like dragging him through the trees. Like, ow, ow. Why are these people so fucking huge? McDonald's. <laughs> so the man's body would be found 30 hours later with very strange mutilations. 
The body was not bloated, and aside from the mutilation, was in a remarkable shape. There, um, his body Which is was in funny remarkable shape. To say that after you hear what the supposed mutilations were, Uh-oh. so like, were, what I don't know what was left to be in remarkable shape. There were several body parts removed with incredible surgical precision, including his ears, eyes, tongue, and inner throat. What the fuck? His sexual organs and anus and part of his lower intestines were removed, but what was only described as some sort of advanced suction device. What's they even sucked his intestines out of his ass. They sucked his wow. butt out. Wow. It's <laughs> like a reverse colonoscopy, right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty okay. Much. So real fast, I feel like the aliens are taking shit up a notch. Cause yeah, that's it's they, definitely, uh, that's not probing anymore, dude. They're literally was, sucking your shit out. So they knew they had this mission literally to do this stuff, shit. right? Yeah. So they're like, where can we go where people just won't even care? And it's already destroyed. Centralia, Pennsylvania, right? Pennsylvania. Yeah. This Centralia. Was actually, that actually makes a lot of sense. In yeah. Centralia. This was about 20 miles out of Centralia. where they found the body, right? It was. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's where it happened. This was basically the UFO. They saw the UFO flying over Centralia and then the guy disappeared in an area, um, that in the direction that the UFO West. was heading. Yes. Waste. Is it waste? Waste. Waste. Maybe so, they took those parts to build their human costumes so they could walk among us. That's very possible. <laughs> we really need the asshole. <laughs> They're not going to know if we're actually human unless we have the <laughs> asshole. Was it Conehead? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have butts. Yeah. They're like assholes were like on their back or something. We come from France. <laughs> we need to be able to fart. Like three rizzle proofs. Right. <laughs> I hear rizzle proofs are huge. <laughs> Because, you know, aliens, when they fart, it's like, <laughs> like when they, <laughs> they let it rip, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a weird party favorite, too. Oh, my God, uh, I'm in the hatch. It's this. <laughs> but, Jeff, here's the crazier part than all that oh, shit. shit dude. The autopsy actually shows evidence that Todd was alive during all of this. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, so he had his intestines, his sex or sexual organs, his asshole. To be fair, it was only part of his intestines. <laughs> oh, so to be fair, yeah. they left him some. Yeah. So, well, that sounds all gruesome and everything. We uh, decided to do a little more looking and found several different accounts of his body condition when found. And one article states the following: "Quote: The FBI showed up within 30 minutes after the body was found and took over the investigation. Military-type helicopters hovered the area." They interviewed the farmers and neighbors who lived nearby. Many of them reported an object flying in the sky that didn't make any noise. A few of them reported seeing the object hover over the power lines where the uh, four-wheeler was found and what looked like a that beam of Todd's, light. Todd's, Todd's four-wheeler, four-wheeler yeah. was found and what looked like a beam of light shining down with a person going up into the ship. Two autopsies failed to reveal anything. No toxins in his body, no visible cuts or bruises. The wife was told she could not have the body for six to eight weeks, end quote. No toxins in his body. No visible cuts or bruises. Hmm, no this. visible cuts or bruises is a far cry from having your intestines and assholes sucked out of your body. Yeah. So this uh, this one still maintained the UFO sightings and also mentioned the FBI and the wife not getting the body back for up to two months. There's a bunch of material on the case if you're interested. And there are other reports of glowing lights and UFO activity in and around Centralia as well. Think about that. Yeah. So this, this is actually like documented. And you can actually find this is apparently a pretty, um, I guess, well-known case, like in the UFO circles. Like if you look at like uh, like a lot of the bigger UFO websites, um, you can they all talk about this case. Maybe it's, we should revisit we should revisit this as well as some other ones, and maybe have Scott from Talking Beards on the show. Possibly that would be good. That would be and, fun. and we can discuss this because uh, he also he's he a big also UFO told guy. Me, nice. He also told me that there's a lot of shit coming down the pipe. 
Awesome. Well, listen, if you guys aren't listening to Talking Beards, it's literally a bunch of guys with beards. I mean, big, big beards, like moody, like size beards. World champion beards. Yeah. So make sure you guys are checking them out and say hi to Scott while you're over there and tell him that we sent you because they're good, good, good dudes over there. They talk about a lot of cool stuff, man. They do a lot of stuff for charity and stuff. It's, It's a good, it's a good scene. Right. So now what ghost town story would be complete without a government conspiracy? Dun, dun, dun. I didn't <laughs> just like I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not this one, that's for sure. There are those who don't believe that the fire was an accident. They believe it was deliberately set. The following, yeah. yeah, the following was taken from an article called "The Centralia Conspiracy" from the mysterious Centralia website. "Quote: The commonly referred to conspiracy involves a collaboration of government agencies with private businesses conspiring to reap the benefits of the anthracite coal that lay below the town." Basically, conspiracy theorists believe that through a series of hastily thrown together infective, uh, ineffective, ineffective, infective. Now, wait a minute. That's like saying the you government. You infect me. You <laughs> infect. Oh, sorry. That's, that's like saying the government would go to war over oil. That's stupid. I know, dude. It doesn't make any that sense. Would, yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> we clearly don't have a history of going to war over things that come out of that the That would ground. benefit right. us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. What yeah. a bunch of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so um the ineffective firefighting techniques they could uh, suddenly um or yeah suddenly force the residents off the land and thus access the prized natural resource the idea is that the people on the inside were able to contain the fire just enough so that it was uh, it was too harmful to live there but not let it get to the point where it would be endangering the precious coal which it's if you think about that i mean it, I mean, is the coal still accessible there, or there, when it first I mean, started? There, yeah, there is some. There's still there's still coal down there. But I'm saying when the fire first started, was the coal? It's not like a, so it's not like a raging fire like where like a house fire or something like that. It's more of like a smoldering kind of like, you know, like when you when you burn coal like in a grill, you yeah, get that like ashes and char- yeah. It doesn't necessarily have flames. It's a heat. It's like a smoldering. Yeah, it's smoldering. Like uh, you mean like this? The heat. That wasn't it. Red hot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just stared at Moody in a smoldering way, and he told me I was even hotter than that. So thank you. Now it keep, it goes on here. It says, contrary to many other government conspiracies, this Centralia conspiracy carries with it some substance. One important thing to note is that although it is typically uncommon for boroughs to um to own their own mineral rights, Centralia, on the other hand, did. So in order to have access to the mine, the town would have to forfeit the rights in order for the coal to be extracted. It was made known that in the decades following the mine fire, various businesses and entrepreneurs offered to dig out the fire in exchange for the coal rights. So they own the rights to the coal the under city, the ground. The city itself, Centralia, owned the rights to the coal, yeah. So if, if, if anyone else wanted to come in and take the coal, they would have to get the city to sign over their rights to them to do that. That's crazy. Must so, have been some good coal, or pay, or probably, or I assume pay out of the ass to for for uh, a piece of it. You know what I mean? You mean your intestines sucked out of you, right? Oh, uh-huh. full circle. Just figured it out. The dun, aliens. Dun, dun. Look, I got yelled at for overusing it. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. So another form of evidence that contributes <laughs> to the substance is the. Um, the curious inaction of the government. The government claims it ran low on funding for the project and had to make cutbacks that rendered the eventual containment and extinguishing of the fire hopeless. All this Lies. takes place. Yeah, right. All this takes place during a time in our nation's history in which Washington, D.C. and the nation's populace were enthralled with foreign affairs and trying to secrete America's title as the number one world power. 
That being said, it is easy for critics of the situation to say the government should have been more interested in re- uh, reconciling a huge domestic issue. So they're saying they had bigger fish to fry, so they, uh, that's not a big but, deal kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Which is bullshit. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. The story of Centralia, Pennsylvania. The town is set atop a burning coal fire that could burn for another 100 years or more. Reports of ghosts and voices, sightings of mysterious lights and UFOs, and even a government conspiracy. What's true and what's not? Well, that's for you guys to decide. Play the game. Play the game. (laughs) All that being said, it could be worse. There is a coal fire in Australia that's been burning under a mountain for 6,000 years. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Could always be worse. Yeah. 6,000 year fire. Somebody should open a restaurant, get free heat and cooking down there. You know? It's not bad. Just drill a hole to the bottom of it and not a bad idea so yeah so i mean uh yeah that's so what do you think jeff uh i mean obviously there's some there's some clout to the fact that you know supposed aliens came down i mean what okay take the aliens out of the equation you're complete you know you don't believe in aliens yeah you don't believe that all of a sudden this guy is found and with surgical precision his body parts are supposedly yeah supposedly are taken out of him whatever do you what do you think happened I mean, there's a lot of psychos out there. Look at all the serial killers that could do stuff like that. You know, what if he was like a uh, the serial killer was like a trained surgeon and he was just like having a bad so, day and he grabbed this guy and so chopped what, he him up. So he a shop vac to suck his asshole off? No. Uh, I mean, you could. No. Yeah, I don't know what you could use that would have that amount of suction to literally pull out an anus and part of the intestines. Yeah, I, you know what? Know. Maybe what happened was the the pressure in the mm-hmm. cabin of the UFO, like because he was so big he couldn't fit in, and he got stuck in the hole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> those and that's atmospheric what pressure differences. Or, or said, he got it. stuck. They just decided to drop him. Yeah, or he got stuck, and they're underneath him trying to pull him out. Yeah, and they're like using everything <laughs> they can. So he's like barely in. He's like, cut off his ears. I'll fit. <laughs> and they cut his ears off, and he's like, still not fitting. <laughs> it's his asshole. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's his asshole. <laughs> If you take it out, he'll fit. (laughs) Got him. Let's go. (laughs) Nah, fuck it. Leave him here. Yeah, it's too much blood at that point. Yeah, that's that's pretty hilarious. I uh, so yeah. I mean, I there's a lot of cool stuff surrounding the town. That if you guys, you know, if you're interested, there's a you can get pretty in deep with it. Like that whole Molly McGuire thing was pretty cool. Um, and that has to do with more than just Centralia. So it's, it's a pretty neat story to get in. And obviously the UFO sightings are always fun for me. So yeah, I'd like to learn a little bit, a little bit more about the Molly Maguire's. It's cool, man. It's, uh, that Jerry's like, mom, Toby's it, Toby. Oh, to- to- I forgot about Toby. Yeah. Toby, 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 yeah. Toby yeah. and Jerry are brothers. So, right. Oh yeah. That all makes sense now. Yeah. Full yeah. circle. It's all coming together. Huh? Yeah. Nice. What about Mark? Mark, Mark cousin. is a distant cousin. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you didn't know that, did you? Uh, he was kind of excommunicated from the family after the whole steroid thing. They were like, yeah. did you know he was roommates with Drew Bledsoe, by the way? <laughs> you might want to Google that. We are not going down that hole again. I'm not Googling anything that this fucking dude says ever again. <laughs> Google. Wow. We'll be right back after this message. Every morning. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Aces Depot Bar and Grill. Aces Depot is not your typical corner bar. Conveniently located in beautiful and historic Olmsted Falls, Ohio, Aces Depot has raised the bar in hospitality, pub fare, and craft beer. Their vast menu and business information is available at aces-depot.com. 
So stop in, grab a delicious gourmet burger or handcrafted pizza, and wash it down with one of their over 75 beers. Because at Aces Depot Bar and Grill, when you're here, you're family. And now we return and to your regularly him, scheduled program. Back, back, we're back. Shit. Yeah, sorry. Okay, no one wants to hear your anus story. Yeah, was that? Wait, I kind of want to hear the anus story now. You don't want to hear the anus story. Well, we'll save it for Patreon. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, now, you, now you owe it to him. Yeah, oh, boy. Now there's going to be an anus. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so everyone, let's get our asses back on the train here. We've got uh, things to see and people to do. We head east to Massachusetts and the Hoosack Tunnel. Appropriately enough, Who? The, uh, the Hoosack. Who? It's not my Hoosack. sack. Who? Hoosack? Who? Oh, Jesus Christ. Sack. Hoosack. Who? Sack. 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 Who? Who? Yeah. God damn it. Pam? Appropriate. <laughs> Are you saying speech round? <laughs> no. Okay. No speech round. Appropriate. When I was a... <laughs> No, young little stop, sit, stop it, Jeff. E cuff, stop it in my juice, stop box, stop with orange. Stop yeah, it. <laughs> fucking stop it. Anyway, appropriately <laughs> enough, the tunnel is a rail tunnel. Woo! The Hoosack Tunnel is 4.75 uh, miles, so four, four and three quarters miles. Um, active railroad tunnel in western Massachusetts that passes through the Hoosack Range, an extension of Vermont's Green Mountains. It runs in a straight line from its east portal along the Deerfield River in the town of Florida. So it's, it's <laughs> so it's west portal in the city of North Adams. So wait, there's a town in Massachusetts called Florida. Yeah. Florida, Massachusetts. I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of dumb shit that happens. That's there. where uh, a, Florida is from. That, no, that's, I don't <laughs> think that's correct. Now Google it. Nope. <laughs> so work began. In 1851, under an estimated cost of $2 million and ended in 1875, having used $21 million. At its completion, the tunnel was the world's second longest after the 8.5-mile Mont Sinist Tunnel through the French Alps. Oh, the French Alps! Yes! Ah, oh, the Mont Sinist Tunnel through the French Alps, eh? It was the longest tunnel in North America until the 1916 completion of the Canute Tunnel under Rogers Pass in British Columbia. <laughs> Sir, why are you so angry? I am French. <laughs> so it reigns the longest active transportation tunnel east of the Rocky Mountains. And as, um, as of 1989, it is the sixth longest railroad tunnel in North America. That's pretty cool. Mm. Given the time period the tunnel was being built, you'd think it would be incredibly difficult, and you would be correct. The various technologies applied to the uh, alignment and digging of the tunnel are pretty awesome. The tunnel construction project required an excavation of, you ready for this? Two million tons of rock that's a lot it's a it, lot it's so much they even spelled it the british way tons tons tonnage tons of rock <laughs> on march 16th 1853 wilson's patented stone cutting machine a tunnel boring machine was used oh yeah it <laughs> it failed after excavating only 10 feet of rock <laughs> what a piece of shit <laughs> poor wilson he's like <laughs> You think he's like out there on the scene and like they're getting oh, ready. He's got oh, his whole family. Yeah. It's the biggest moment ever. Oh, it's going to be huge. Ever. It's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm divorcing you, Wilson. You're a piece of shit. It reminds me of the scene from Total Recall where the machine under the ground 
is going oh, and yeah, it's like yeah, the, the big, big tunnel machine. machine yeah, yeah that's what it reminds me of. i was thinking more like national lampoon's christmas vacation where he goes to light the lights and they don't work <laughs> and they're all standing out there you know all excited <laughs> why are the little ones not blinking <laughs> <Drum roll. laughs> that's exactly what it was like Time daddy feet later yeah. daddy he worked really hard so do washing machines <laughs> the kids standing by and like yeah, there's another kid from the same school and they're like your dad's a jackass <laughs> <laughs> so Poor Wilson. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, because of this piece of shit, tunnel builders resorted to hand digging through a fucking mountain and later oh. used the Burley drilling machine, uh, one of the first pneumatic drills. Construction also featured the first large-scale commercial use of nitroglycerin and electric blasting caps and the first such use in the United States. Nitroglycerin, of course, they're using shit that is basically eventually going to become TNT, right? I'm dynamite! <laughs> TNT! Hi. Put your hey, left foot hey. in, <laughs> then you shake it. Shoot the hokey pokey. Fire! <laughs> so digging the central shaft also allowed workers to open two additional faces to uh, excavate. Once the shaft was completed in, in 1870, shaft. I know every time I say it, I'm like, hey. um, workers dug outwards from the center to meet the shaft. You done no. talking about shafts over here? You done? No. So they dug outwards from the center to meet the tunnels being dug from the east and west portals. Um, so basically, they what just kind of went did in, on each side. So they went in. They dug like uh, was it a thousand foot? It says fifteen hundred yeah. feet. And uh, so they dug down straight to the middle, and then on top of coming in from the sides, they were they able dug to outwards come in as well. this way to yeah. Okay, so it's like a T. So they went down and then out while others were going. While the in. other ones were good, right? Okay, so you're going in and then out of the shaft. You're using the right. shaft. You're using, using the shaft the to go shaft. in and out, right? But, yes. but Wilson failed halfway through. He couldn't. Right. He couldn't keep he the pre, shaft. He prematurely pulled out to and, go in and out, and that's right. why his marriage ended. And the kid thinks he's an asshole. Yeah, correct. That's what okay, that's where you're at right now. Yep, gotcha. I assume somebody named was named Todd and all that. Yeah, but I'm somewhere. Not sure. So the engineers built a 1,000 foot elevator to actually hoist the esca- uh, the excavated rock from the central shaft. Well, there you is, go. If you think about that, it's. I mean, but still, they're doing this fucking basically by hand. The that's, central shaft. Is, yeah, the central is, shaft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many engineering challenges posed by the project was getting the proper alignment between the four tunnel segments that were being dug. The east and west portal tunnels and the two tunnels dug outward from the central shaft. Engineers cleared a path through the forest over the mountain and strung a straight line from the east to the west portals through sighting posts on the east and west peaks of Husak Mountain. I can only imagine how difficult that would be. Yeah. You can, can you imagine if it was off a little bit and you missed? Well, yeah, just read on, buddy. <laughs> oh, jeez. So in 1866, Thomas Doan took over as chief engineer. He resurveyed the alignment of the tunnel by constructing six towers. Ruins of the that, western... That's just a... Don't read that. No, I'm actually looking at the ruins right here. So that's one of the yeah, towers. But, right, yeah, but that's just a description of the picture. Yeah, I got it. Oh. I was just reading it because you can actually see like oh, the, yeah, the, no, the ruins of the towers if you looked online right people now. people can't see it. I'm saying they can Google it, Moody. Are you two done? Can we get back to the Sorry. story? The alignment towers <laughs> served to make sure the tunnel stayed true to its course so they didn't fuck up like I was saying. Groove iron markers were originally used instead of these towers. Each tower, except the row neck tower, consisted of a transit scope, a sloped wooden roof on the top of the stone structure. Repeated surveys verified the line ran true between the posts and steel bolts were installed at fixed intervals along the line. So there oh, was somebody in we charge get that? of that. Man. We figured mm-hmm. we were following all that. So you had you had to be imagine being that guy though, knowing what was on the line. They're like, all right, dude, you need to make sure that this shit is straight. And you can't be off. Oh man. 
So only four of the towers remain today. Like I was saying, you can actually see the uh, the ruins of it and can be found by using old roads and some bushwhacking through the current forest <laughs> overgrowth. I bet you can Google uh, satellite it. Do, yeah, you, uh, do you bushwhack to the shaft? You're going to bushwhack your shaft? Well, if you got to get it in and out quickly. Right. And then repeat it again. And not be premature. And with not be premature dozer. like Wilson. Right. right. Okay. You have to do it that way. Oh, every time. Right. On December 12th, 1872, workers opened the East Portal Tunnel to the Central Shaft Dug Tunnel, which were aligned with nine within nine sixteenths of an inch. A tremendous engineering achievement at that time. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That is impressive. Yeah. Think about that feat for a uh, second here, guys. So nine sixteenths of an inch through a fucking mountain, essentially digging blind, hoping that they are close enough in line to work. On November 27th, 1873, the remainder of the tunnel was open to the West Portal Tunnel. So nine sixteenths of a fucking inch. They were they were barely over half an inch off. Do you think that guy that was in charge of lying it up, he's like, fuck yeah. Do you think he was like outside and he's like licking his fingers and testing when he's like, two degrees south. Yep. East. And they're like, are you sure? He's like, yes. And it just magically lines. He's think, like MacGyver. You think that dude had bets going on with people? Like, I bet side you side bets. I bet you. I bet you it's within a foot. The guy's like, no fucking way, dude. No, but yeah. you, you know damn well what he did. He walked over to Wilson, was like, ha, fuck yourself, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and now fuck you. And now your wife is on a date with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Premature this, Wilson. Dad, you suck. <laughs> and your son's now mine too. How's that, <laughs> bitch? Sorry, I got a little crazy. I got a little, little excited there. So uh, go home and get your fucking shine box. Right, that's exactly it. So Lewis Kyler of the Husak Tunnel Museum Society described the project as the quote fountainhead of modern tunnel technology, which it sounds like it was. Yeah. The American Society of Civil Engineers made the tunnel an historic civil engineering landmark in 1975. That's fucking cool as shit. So as a, uh, aside from being a railroad tunnel, why are we talking about a tunnel? You may. Ask yourself out there. You guys are probably like, what the fuck are they talking about? Why is this tunnel important? Well, because it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. I'm just kidding. No, it is haunted. Uh, some crazy shit happened there. We're going to get into that. There's some crazy tales from this place and trying to put a ton of them together was becoming a pain to keep track of, apparently, until we happened across an article from HusackTunnel.net. Yeah. They laid out some history and some creepiness, and that is where the following information comes from. So thank you, HusackTunnel.net. If you get a chance, go out there and check it out. Let There's them know we cool sent stuff. you. There's some cool stuff on the website. Awesome. One of the most popular legends in the Berkshire Hills of Western Massachusetts is that of the haunting of the Hoosack Tunnel at North Adams. The digging of this railroad tunnel is mired in the blood, sweat, and tears of the miners that dug it out. In, uh, begun in uh, 1851, it wasn't finished until 1875. During those 24 years, hundreds of miners, using mostly crude black powder and pick and shovel, chipped away at the unyielding rock. Wilson. Yeah, fucking Wilson. <laughs> God, what an asshole. We could have machined this entire project. Yeah. Could have been done Wilson. in two years. Yeah. Wilson, we could have been done fucking forever ago. Do you think it was like... Uh, Literally 22 years ago, we could have been done with this. What's what's that war movie about Vietnam that uh, oh, Sergeant that Gunnery one. Hartman... Full metal jacket. Full metal jacket. I think yeah. they like they, they went to Wilson in his sleep and put soaps tied in, him in down the, in the socks, whooped his ass <laughs> with it. They're like banging the, his bedpost, like Wilson, wake up, motherfucker, wake up. And then He's like, hey guys, it. what's going on? Then, whoop, whoop, whoop. Why do I keep getting lumps of rock in the mail, dude? I don't understand. Like two more days. It was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> so by the time the tunnel was finished 200 men had actually lost their lives in what came to be known as the bloody pit 
Now, Ooh. most died in explosions, fires, and drownings, but one death may not have been accidental. In 1865, <clears throat> the explosive nitroglycerin was introduced to America and used for the first time in the construction of the Hoosack Tunnel. On the afternoon of March 20th, 1865, explosive experts Ned Brinkman, Billy Nash, and Ringo Kelly. What a fucking great name. Dude, those are all like good, solid. That's like, Ringo Kelly. Ringo Kelly. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like we just went back into like the old. They were about to rob a bank. I'm your Huckleberry the Kelly Gang. Yeah, I would love to see like a skit on Ringo and Billy Nash arguing about how long the wick needs to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so these guys planted a charge well, of nitro. Funny you should say that. Yeah, they planted a charge of nitro and ran toward a safety bunker. Brinkman and Nash never made it. Oh, Kelly, bad. Yeah, he prematurely set off the charge, burying his co-workers all alive. All prematureness, dude. There's a lot of prematureness. Uh, under tons of rock. Soon after the accident, Kelly disappeared. He was not seen again until March 30th of 1866. His body was found two miles inside the tunnel in the exact spot where Brinkman and Nash had died. That's fucking awesome. No, wait. He had been strangled to death. Oh, I thought he got blown over there. No, no, no. He was the one. He, well, he, he might have got blown over there. I don't know, but... He, uh, he was the one that killed the other two. Yeah, because his wick was too short. Accidentally. Oh, yeah. my God, this and is then, a movie. Uh, Why didn't we make a movie out of this? So yeah. then he disappeared, yeah. and they found him a year later. Yeah. No one found him for like a year, and then they found him in the tunnel by where the other two got buried. So somebody got wow. real pissed off and fucking choked his ass to death. It's so. probably Ringo. Ringo is always an asshole. <laughs> so Deputy Anybody Sheriff. Ringo. Yeah. Deputy Sheriff Charles F. Gibson estimated the time of death at between midnight and 3.30 a.m., was and, that after he uh, designed a guitar? Uh, that's a different Gibson. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Is, is that Debbie's dad? Possibly. Okay. Yeah. So an investigation was carried out, but with no suspects, the murder was never solved. Some of the workmen, however, came to their own conclusion. They knew that Kelly had been killed by the vengeance or vengeful spirits of Brinkman and Nash. Fearing the tunnel was cursed, they balked at it entering it. So these guys wouldn't even go into this fucking thing anymore. Even visitors became uneasy inside the dark Dane cavern with water dripping continuously from the ceiling and streaming down the walls. Paul Travers, a mechanical engineer employed on the Hussack project, toured the tunnel with Mr. Dunn. Travers had been a highly respected cavalry officer in the United Army. In a letter to his sister in Connecticut dated September 8th of 1868, the engineer wrote, quote, The men constantly complained of hearing a man's voice cry out in agony and refused to enter the great shaft after nightfall. The great shaft? Yeah. Mr. Dunn has reassured them time and time again that the strange sound is nothing more than the wild winds sweeping down off the mountainside. Our work has slowed to the point where Mr. Dunn asked me to help him conduct an investigation into the matter. Last night, Mr. Dunn and I, this is a different one, last night, Mr. Dunn and I entered the Great Tunnel at exactly 9 p.m. We traveled about two miles into the shaft and then stopped to listen. As we stood there in the cold silence, we both heard what truly sounded like a man groaning out in pain. As you know, I have heard the same sound many times during the war. So the guy knows what it sounds like. I've heard this before. Yet when we turned up the, uh, the wicks on our lamps, there were no other human beings in the shaft except Mr. Dunn and myself. I'll admit I haven't been this frightened since Shiloh. Mr. Dunn agreed that it wasn't the wind we heard. Perhaps Nash and Brinkman, I wonder? What do we think about that there? I wonder if it did it sound like the dude having a stroke? It looks like a fahana going on behind us. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, so this guy is a a military war hero, right? Like a he fucking knows. 
He knows, man. Knows the sound. He has a beret and he's, he talks in French, right? He's got a brain. He's like, there's why? something wrong in this cave. Why would he have, why would he be French? I don't he's know. It just French. makes him more entertaining. He's not French. <laughs> Damn it. He's not fucking French. Not everyone can be French this episode, Jeff. We must minute, eat crazy before Hold we on. go any Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Oh, I'm going to find, I'm going to find something for an episode that has to do with shit that took place in like France or French Canada. And John has to do the whole episode in yes. oh, French boy. accent. Oh boy, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Even boy. if it's like that, you know what? That'll be a Patreon episode. That sounds fun. An hour of John talking like an angry <laughs> Frenchman. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> hell yeah. Ah oh, boy. So here's my thing about talking about the uh, the guy, the uh, the the general or whatever what his name was. Um, Correct. Um, he was in the union. He was a cavalry officer in the Union Army, right? That's what they say. So I'm more so saying that he probably didn't really give a lot of credence to like ghosts and things like that because the guy's seen some shit right so he's probably thinking to himself ah that shit's not real and then he goes into this fucking place and all of a sudden it's like uh i can't i know that sound and somebody's moaning somebody is somebody's dying oh. right so now a month later on <laughs> a month later on October 17th, 1868, the worst disaster in the tunnel's history occurred. 13 Ooh. miners died in a gas explosion that blew a part of uh, a part of a surface pumping station. Debris filled the central shaft where the miners were working. Glenn Drohan, a correspondent for the North Adams Transcript, reported that a miner named Mallory was lowered by bucket and rope to search for survivors. Brought back to the surface and almost unconscious from fumes, he gasped, no hope. Without an operating pump uh, operating pumping station, the 538-foot shaft soon filled with water. Bodies of some of the dead miners actually surfaced. More than a year later, the remaining bodies were found on a raft the men had built to float on the rising water. They had sur- uh, suffocated from the vapors of deadly naphtha gas. Johan wrote, During the time the miners were missing, villagers told strange tales of vague shapes and muffled wails near the water-filled pit. Workmen claimed to see the lost miners carrying picks and shovels through the shroud of mist and snow at the mountaintop. So they're just in there and they're like, something's not right. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, the ghostly apparitions would appear briefly, then vanish, leaving no footprints in the snow, giving no answers to the miners' calls. But as soon as the raft-bound miners were found and given a decent burial, the visitation ceased. Yet deep inside the tunnel, the eerie moanings persisted and workers were terrified. What's crazy to me is that so these guys, they get stuck down there. And they're they're building a raft to try and get out. They're trying to figure something out and right. they, they they just they can't. And so people say they're they're hearing, you know, seeing ghostly apparitions and stuff like that until their bodies were actually laid to rest. I, I just think that is a Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty fucking cause I mean it's five hundred and thirty-eight feet down and it's filling with water and it's filled with noxious gases. What in the f- you're done? Do you you're do? You're done at that point. You build but a apparently, rash. yeah. But that's just it, though. Again, they had the wherewithal. The wherewithal. The, the werewolf wall. Yeah. The were waffle. Oh. They had the werewaffle. They to had the werewolf to build a raft. To try and build. A, that's my. That's my whole point. Wow. We'll be right back after this message. Every- but now we return to your. Regularly scheduled program. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Seven. 
You are correct. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's like your beer. Wowie. Wowie. I'm actually drinking a Rheingeist. Wowie right now. And it's fucking delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. That's fine. I'm good. Anyway, so four years after the gas explosion, a Dr. Clifford J. Owens visited the tunnel, accompanied by James R. McKinstry, a drilling operations superintendent. Dr. Owens wrote the following account, which was thought to have appeared first in a Michigan newspaper. Was he a French doctor? No. I don't believe can he was. Can he be a French doctor? <sighs> can, can he not be? Can he? How about, uh, what's, what's Yuri? Russian? Yeah, let's 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 have Yuri. Why do why none, neither one of them are either one of those things? Yeah, I don't. I... Can he be Peloponnesian? <laughs> so, quote: On the night of June twenty fifth, eighteen seventy two, James McKinstry and I entered the great excavation at precisely eleven thirty p.m. We had traveled about two full miles into the shaft when we finally halted to rest. Except for the dim, smoky light cast by our lamps, the place was as cold and dark as a tomb. James and I stood there talking for a minute or two and were just about to turn back when suddenly I heard a strange, mournful sound. Oh! <laughs> it was just as if someone or some something was suffering great pain. The next thing I saw was a dim light coming along the tunnel from a westerly direction. At first, I believed it was probably a workman with a lantern. Yet, as the light grew closer, it took on a strange blue color and appeared to change shape almost into the form of a human being without a head. The light seemed to be floating along about a foot or two above the tunnel floor. In the next instant, it felt as if the temperature had suddenly dropped and a cold, icy chill ran up and down my spine. The headless form came so close that I could have reached out and touched it, but I was too terrified to move. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place in the cave shaft. <laughs> So, quote, for what seemed like an eternity, McKinstry and I just stood there gaping at the headless thing like two wooded Indians. The blue light remained motionless for a few seconds as if it were actually looking us over, then floated off toward the east end of the shaft and vanished into thin air. Uh, quote, I am above all a realist, he continued, nor am I prone to repeating gossip and wild tales that defy a reasonable explanation. However, in all truth, I cannot deny what James McKinstry and I witnessed with our own eyes, end quote. This guy basically saw a headless ghost. What do we think about that? And he's Mr. You know, boogity-boo, like, eh, I don't believe in any of that. Mm. So it's, mm. <clears throat> that's deep, a bunch of pish posh. <laughs> hogwash, I believe. He's oh, deep in those caverns, okay? <laughs> deep in those caverns, there's a lot of <laughs> gas, gaseous odors. And dioxides. Yes. Noxious and air fumes. pressure is different. So the CO2 levels aren't equivalent to being outside. Noxious fumes. How do you know he wasn't tripping his balls off? He from wasn't. That? It was a ghost. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you stop that shit, huh? But no, uh, truthfully, though, he could have been tripping his damn balls off. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah it is I possible. Mean, it's possible. You hallucinate when you lose oxygen. Like, you ever seen. Uh, all the space movies and all that. Like when they're up there and they lose their O2, they start to hallucinate. No, they generally just die. No. Have you seen Gravity with Sandra Bullock? Yes, I have. Remember when she trips and she sees George Clooney come into the yeah. pod and because she had no oxygen. I thought that was a pretty cool movie, by the way. It was a great movie. Yeah, I, I felt so bad. Like when she finally touched the sand at the end, I was like, finally! Jesus <laughs> Christ! It's like every minute something goes wrong the whole entire Yeah, movie. it was a clusterfuck of just shit that just happened yeah. to her. Like, life just hated her at that moment. Yeah, I had to go out and have a cigarette as soon as I was done. I was just like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, like, I'm never going to space. Ever. 
Have you oh, seen man. that movie? I have not. Oh God, you got to watch it, man. It's good. It's I've seriously actually, you. No lie, you two are maybe like two of four people that I've heard that actually like that movie. Really? I've not heard many good things well, about it. It's it's a thought movie. It's like one of those thinking movies. You, it's not. There's not a lot of action. There's not a lot of like effects and shit. It's it's more than one of those like. Oh yeah, no subconscious. Effects, no effects at all in that movie. <sighs> Keep going. <laughs> On October sixteenth, eighteen seventy four, Frank Webster, a local hunter, vanished. Three days later, a search party found him stumbling along the banks of the Deerfield River in a state of shock. Webster said that strange voices had ordered him into the Hoosack Tunnel, and once inside, he saw ghostly figures wandering about. Hey, come on into this Hoosack Tunnel. <laughs> we got candy and little, hey guy, come on little Debbie snacks. Hey guy. Are you hungry? Hey, guy, you want to come in? <laughs> and once inside, he saw ghostly figures wandering about. I was told there'd be about. punch and pie. <laughs> you said to be punch and pie! <laughs> Suddenly, something seized his rifle from his hands and beat him over the head with it. <laughs> oh. When the searchers found the hunter, he had no weapon with him, and he couldn't recall leaving the tunnel. That's why you always wear a sling on a gun. What the fuck is wrong with these people? You said they could choke you with it? Well, no. He'd go to pull it, and he couldn't get it. And he'd be like, ah, it's my rifle! <laughs> Back then, it'd be like... <laughs> the little flag, pow. Yeah. 1874, <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like, and for you YouTube guys out there, um, people watching YouTube, it'd be like, uh, you know... Yeah, one minute... Yeah. Hold on, hold on, No, he didn't shoot him. He was beat. He beat him with it. No, I'm saying like if he was to shoot the, the oh, whatever right, was right. in there, yeah. yeah. You got freaking muzzle loaders back then. You have to ask him to hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on one second while I load up my gun. <laughs> and then he pulls back the hammer and shoots. It goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give me one more minute. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, please. Plus I had some bad powder. Hold on a second. Yeah. So during the same year, with tunnel headings completed, workmen removed rubble, completing the uh, the grading and laid track. On February 9th, 1875, the first train went through, went through the tunnel. It, pull, it pulled 125 people uh, and uh, three flat cars and a boxcar. North Adams had become, quote, the western gateway to much of New England. So that's pretty cool. Wow. wow. Yeah. Nice. But even with the completion of the tunnel, frightening tales still circulated. Oh. In the fall of 1875, <laughs> Harlan Mulvaney. <laughs> now that's an Irish name right there. His name's Harlan Mulvaney. Harlan. Harlan Mulvaney. Harlan! He was a fire tender, was driving a wagon load of firewood. What the fuck the, is a fire tender? Uh, he kept the coal burning so the train could move. That's yeah. a job? It was. So you literally got paid to sit there with a shovel and throw the coal in nonstop. Are you, have you never seen any movie from the Western? No, I do. Really? I'm just recapping. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, they sit there and... Yeah, that's a fire tender. I told you. I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm not saying they got paid a lot. All right, but back then. <laughs> two shillings for you, sir. Yeah, right. So anyway, he's driving through two and suddenly. Pence, okay, two pence. Pence. Suddenly, Mulvaney turned his team around, whipped the horses across their flanks, and careened out of the tunnel. God, animal abuse. Yeah. A couple of days later, workmen uh, found the team and wagon in, in the woods three miles from the tunnel. Mulvaney was never seen or heard from again. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, that's uh, so. So what? You, you think he saw something? I, I'm assuming. And I would, and then I would assume it's, I don't know if he saw something or heard something and just freaked out and was like, fuck this, I'm out. And, and then, then just, just dipped out. So I, I feel like maybe that uh, after that happened, like the horses, like he whipped the horses or whatever, and they, maybe they got spooked and took off and somehow like maybe he fell and died somewhere and no one ever found, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know either there, Moody. That's, that's a maybe, strange tale. Strange maybe. Tale. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. Still in the tunnel. <gasps> I was waiting for that too. You, so, you set me up, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Anyway, so let's keep on moving here. 
<laughs> Joseph Impoco, a former employee of the Boston and Maine Railroad, believes there may be some truth to this legend. He went to work for the railroad at the age of 18 and claimed the tunnel ghost saved his life twice. In an so interview, the opposite of what normally happens. Right, which is awesome. In an interview, uh, in an interview that appeared in the Berkshire Sampler of October 30th, 1977, Mpoko told reporter Eileen Cooperschmidt that he was chipping ice from the tracks one day when he heard a voice say, run, Joe, run. Quote, I turned and sure enough, there was uh, number 60 coming right at me. Boy, did I jump fast. When I looked, there was no one there, he recalled. Mpoko said he heard the voice before he heard the train. So Turn something actually. Turn around every now and then. Sorry, I don't know what the words. It's, I know it's Bonnie Tyler. That's all I know. Yeah. Anyway, so when Poco said he heard the voices again before the train, so there's something actually warned him. That's pretty cool. Do not get on the train. Move, what? what was that? Hey, who said that? <laughs> run, Joe, run, huh? <laughs> now, okay, listen. At that point, do you turn around and look and go, wait a minute, who the fuck is talking to me? There's no one here. Or do you just fucking book? Do you just fucking pew? Because something and somebody. I feel like it would depend on how it was said. Well, if it was like a yell, like "Run, Joe, run!" You just be like, "Oh fuck, I'm out!" and just take off. No, if it was more, if it was like, "Run, Joe, run," you'd be like, "What?" what? It's pretty simple. <laughs> run, Joe, run! Are you gonna be a man or you gonna be a bitch? Wow. I in that situation would be a bitch. Yeah, I don't know how I'd react to that. To be honest with you, like I, I think, to, well, and then also, uh, it, it doesn't uh, sound like he really had enough time to process because it said he heard it and turned around and saw the fucking train coming. Oh, so I so guess then he I jumped guess, back, and then when he then when he kind of gathered himself, he looked around and there was nothing there. Oh, see, that's kind of cool. okay. So that makes more sense. Okay, so he added that he'd seen a guy with a torch pass by and wave, but he paid no attention to him. The voice that had come from somewhere saved his life. Six weeks later, Impoco was using an iron crowbar to free freight cars. Stuck on icy tracks. Someone shouted, Joe, Joe, drop it, Joe. He turned the, uh, he dropped, hey, Joe. <laughs> he dropped the bar and it was instantly struck and smashed against the tunnel wall by 11,000 volts of electricity from a short circuited overhead power line. Jesus. That's like being a mosquito in the bug zapper. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I love having one of those damn things. So later, while removing trees from the tunnel entrance, Mpoka was nearly crushed when an enormous oak fell in his direction. He outran the falling tree, all the while hearing a strange, unearthly laugh. So they were like, ah! Dude, that is fucked up. That's an action movie right there. He was certain it hadn't come from one of his crew members. Can you, can you imagine that happening? Like, it all happens, and he goes back to his crew. He's just like, who the fuck was laughing at me? <laughs> you son of a bitch. What yeah. the hell, man? What's even funnier to me is that you've got a couple of ghosts that are like saving his life. And then there's like a couple of them trying to ghost. fuck with him. <laughs> That's the Jeff ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff's over there. Just He's like, like ah. that, that ghost is like, fuck you, Todd. Throws a tree over him. <laughs> so uh, Joseph and Poco quit his job and moved away. But every year he returned to visit the tunnel uh, and uh, the tunnel and pay homage to the ghost who had saved his life. <laughs> He was certain that if he didn't go, uh, you know, tragedy would befall him. I was copied, him. by the way. Yeah, that's funny. In 1977, he stayed home. Um, his wife was ill, and she wanted um, him with her. In October of that year, she actually passed away. In 19- so the one year he didn't go back. The one year he didn't go back, she actually passed away. In 1977. God, so selfish. <laughs> well, jeez. In 1976, a parapsychologist from Agawam, Massachusetts, visited the tunnel and claimed to see the figure of a man wearing old-fashioned work clothes. The man appeared with a glowing white light. 
Could it have been the mm. apparition that Owens and McKinstry had seen 104 years earlier? <laughs> could have been. It could have. So Allie Owlmaker, which sounds like a fake name. Yep. Um, <laughs> a philosophy professor at North Adams State College and part-time ghost hunter wrote in Berkshire's Week. Oh, God, uh, these people. The issue of July 6th through the 12th, 1984. Quote, I have been in the tunnel only once, accompanied by a railroad official, and can attest to the claim that it is an eerie place. I had the uncomfortable feeling that someone was walking closely behind me in the darkness and would tap me on the shoulder or, worse, pull me into some unknown and unspeakable horror at any moment, end quote. Mm. Allmaker also reported that on one occasion, college students took a tape recorder into the tunnel, turned it on, and left. When they retrieved the machine, sounds like muffled human voices were heard on the tape. More recently, the tunnel has been uh, or has, seen, has seen some things happen, including a small collapse of one of the interior walls earlier this year. It has since been reinforced and reopened to rail traffic. It was the first time since a similar collapse in 1972 that the tunnel had been closed to traffic. There are tons of different stories of people seeing ghostly miners, hearing voices, and uh, seeing phantom lights among the claims of shadow men and figures in the dark. There have been claims of what has been called the headless miner, which is what... Which is, they talked about that earlier. McKinnistry yeah. and the other guys. Apparently thought. other people have seen it too. Yeah. So people have reported seeing a blue light floating <laughs> at a distance from where they stood. One person believed that through the fig, um, uh, though the figure was headless... The figure was looking at them directly before turning and floating down the tracks. How in the fuck is that possible? Like, was it like, like I assume the directed face, like towards was, them? Like it was, facing you can tell them? it was like the front of the body and it was like facing right at him. Okay. Kind of thing. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. It's looking at me without a face. What the <laughs> fuck? How does that? Yeah, anyway, it's nipples are staring. Right. So reports. <laughs> <laughs> I saw his penis. So I know he was coming right at me. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Reports say that with the uh, the presence of the spirit, the temperature drops to freezing and, he, and, he, and hearing a mournful moan. Claims of voices getting jackets or shirts pulled and other experiences are common in and around the Hoosack Tunnel. These claims run rampant among North Adams locals, and there are few people who have visited the tunnel which have not had an experience there. Given the amount of death and destruction surrounding this tunnel, it's no wonder there's some crazy shit going on there. Aye. The tunnel constantly makes a list of the most haunted places in Massachusetts. And you can find personal accounts all over of creepy stuff happening to visitors. And uh, here's the thing, though. Tun the tunnel remains an active rail tunnel to this day and is privately owned. If you plan on visiting, it is not recommended to enter the tunnel as you could wind up in legal trouble or, you know, fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it's actually owned by a, like, a, who owns it privately? I don't, honestly, I'm not sure. I didn't see that. It just said that it's a privately owned tunnel. So I'm assuming... Maybe whoever owns the land actually owns the tunnel as well, or it's a private like rail company that owns the the tunnel. Well, who maintains it? Um, I don't know. Is the state? I I don't know if it's the state. They probably or if it's pay the, uh, him to use it. I would assume then if it's privately owned from someone. I'm I'm assuming usually things like that if they're owned privately, they're owned by like a rail company. Yeah. So like like CSX uh, or one of the rail companies maybe uh, actually owns uh, the tunnel. Fratelli Freightliners. But I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Fatalian boys, hey, come on it. down. So I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm not... <laughs> Goonies reference. Sorry, folks. Fucking love that movie too. Nice. Yeah. So I'm. I'm not sure who owns it, but they basically. I guess there's uh, no trespassing signs up all over, there and you're not. They, you could. There's tons of pictures of people like outside the tunnel, like in front of it, and balls. Um, there could be balls. I don't know. Is there balls? There might be balls. Okay. Is that where the shaft um, goes in and out? Right, and then with you, the balls. Well, you got to make sure. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. You got to make sure it's bushwhacked first. Unless you're Wilson, then unless you, you're you Wilson. only go in once and you're done. Yeah, fuck you, well, Wilson. You don't even really get to finish either. That's the, that's well, the sad yeah. part. But, Poor uh, Wilson. No, but yeah, Wilson! there's 
tons, tons of pictures. Like you can find all kinds of different personal accounts and, um, it's, it's pretty cool to look at a lot of the good store, a lot of stories and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fun read if you got a, you got time to look into and it. And I've heard uh, numerous podcasts actually uh, discuss the the whole thing down there yeah. and like, you know, and whatnot. And yeah, and people say they see shit all the time. Yeah. We it's should a, go there one of these days. I mean, it would work. It would fit for us, you know? I would like to go there, maybe knock on some doors, be like, why did I do it on that? You couldn't even hear that. <laughs> <laughs> the one padded thing the on one, the fucking table. There it is. And just be like, hey, do you mind if we check out the uh, the tunnel? Can so, we look at can we look in this tunnel? tunnel? <laughs> do you mind if we go check out your shaft? <laughs> But yes, but you must first sign this waiver saying <laughs> your name's not Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If your last name's Wilson, you're not allowed in. Exactly. So you know what? I think it's time for my favorite part of the entire episode. It's time for dun, 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 WTF. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our news segment, WTF. Or as I like to say, what the f***? That sounds like the alien farts from earlier i'm just saying that was the alien fart yeah you didn't know that that's a two oh. poof oh it's not it's, it's not a party poof. favor it's an alien <laughs> it's a, fart it's a double poof all right so this this is going to be a two-part miniseries oh yeah Ooh. yeah we're, we're, we're doing some wtf we're doing something really special oh man i love it so for those of you out there that watch the tv show jeopardy or are familiar with it or the news you know that alex trebek doesn't have much longer to to uh to go correct yeah he's he's pancreatic cancer and it's not good right he's doing pretty rough so at some point soon they're gonna need a replacement for a host yeah and i was talking to one of my friends and i think he's perfect he's a little nervous but he wants to actually do like an interview and apply and try and try and land that job okay as the host of jeopardy okay so let me go get my buddy. His name okay. is Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah, really? Yeah, I okay. think he could do it. So hold on, let me go get him. All right. Hey, Isaiah. Hey, come on in. Here, come sit down by the mic. John, we're going to just have you leave for a little bit. All right. All right. Yeah, go to the bathroom or something. I, I do got to pee. All okay. right, I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, Isaiah, you can sit right here. Hey, buddy, how y'all doing out there? So you expressed to me that you want to be the new host of Jeopardy once Alex passes. Man, buddy, listen, you have no idea. I've been watching that since I was like, like a little newt, you know what I mean? Like a long time I've been watching the, the Jeopardy. Very good. I think Very that'd good. be so much fun to be that guy, you know? That's, that's, that's a great. I think you'd be a perfect role for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a little Jeopardy with our listeners, okay? Okay. So you have some questions. You're going right. to ask them one at a time, nice okay. and slow, so they can hear and if they have to pause it, they could play it back. Okay. We're then going to put a post on our Facebook forum where the where all the listeners can answer these questions. I like that idea. That's good. Now, whoever gets all the questions right, and maybe multiple people will. All right. They're going to be in next week. We're going to do a live performance song. You're going to sing a song to them about them. I'm going to sing a song directly to one of your all's passengers. Whoever wins. Oh, or, boy. Or whoever the winners are. Oh, nice. man. I can't wait nice. for this. And we have the capability. That sounds exciting. Because. Uh-oh. He's got himself a guitar. Be... Out of tune. Yep. <laughs> it's And it'll be amazing. Okay. I'm excited about that, fellas. So listeners out there, all right. if you want to be part of Isaiah's new new song and be mentioned live in a song on a show. On We're going to do this the right way, man. I'm That's telling right. you right now, let's do this. So we'll put the post stuff and you got to answer. Okay. And whoever gets them all right, you get in the song. Okay. Now, should it be everyone who gets it right? Or is it? It could be everybody. It could be a long song. Oh, I like that. That's a good idea. I so like you it. might want to do your vocal warmups for next week. Just uh, so you know. Right now? No, no, not right oh. now. Okay. 
All right. I think I think you should do it right now. La la la! How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? That's right. pretty good. I'm okay. better. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, we're gonna go with the questions again. We're gonna do them one by one. Okay. Jesus Christ. Do nice and slow. And if you want to add in like your own details to it, just to make it more uh, trivial. Well, I guess. now now listen. I've been watching Jeopardy for a long time, and you don't hear. Alex going off the cards and the, the TV there that they have. So I, I don't think that's something I'm able to do there, Jeffrey. You just got to try your best. I mean, right. if you want I, this job, you're going right. to have to do your best. All okay. Right. So let's go ahead and start with number one. And I believe the, the category is movies for listeners out there trying to figure this out. Ready? Let's go. All right. With the perfect blend of mashed potatoes, devil's tower and orbs, this movie can really make for an out of this world experience. All right. One more time. With the perfect blend of mashed potatoes, <laughs> Devil's Tower, and orbs, this movie can really make for an out-of-this-world experience. Okay, so that's number one. So when we do the post, you're going to put can a I, list, like I, one, two, three, four. You're going to want to put your answer after number one. Can I play this? Because I would destroy. Hey, Moody. You're, you're part of the crew. You can't. Man, Damn it. I don't like that movie. For I know, I know. I know you wanted to fight hey, him. Fuck you, Back I in season hey. two, I think it was, you wanted to fight him? You don't want to fuck me, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, Isaiah. Yes, I do. Question number two. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Suck right. out your anus and intestines. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and cut his ears off. Question number two is music topic, okay? Ooh, All right. I'm so. ready for this one. All right. Here we go. <laughs> when it's like rain on your wedding day, this artist gives you a high five with the other hand in her pocket. <laughs> okay. One more time. When it's like rain on your wedding day, this artist gives you a high five with the other hand in her pocket. Man, what could it be? Okay, that's a great question. These are tough. I don't know that song, I don't think. <laughs> Good luck to the listeners. These are going to be tough. Hey, Isaiah, can you read this next question with a French accent? You want me to do it? I think Jonathan's way better no, than no, that I am. I want Isaiah because it has uh, to do with French Canada. So, all right, okay, so I can try. The next question topic has to do with sports. See, we're hitting all the topics, all right? All so right. This is sports. Are we ready? And you want me to do this in a French accent? I mean, do your best. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I mean, Alex Alex could do it. Say. Uh, he's, my, you gotta, he's my hero. All right, here well, we go. Here we go. Sports. Him proud. Make him right. proud. Question number three is sports. Here we go. It's known. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry, fellas. I just can't do it. It's okay. It's okay. Let's just go. Let's go ahead and uh, let's let's restart. Hold on. Ready? We're going to do question number three. Isaiah, you got this? You okay? All right, Isaiah. Bring it back. I'm here. I'm here. Channel channel your tractor. I swear I'm here. Channel your tractor. Oh, yeah. I love my tractor. All right. Number three is sports. This is sports. Here we go. All right. He is known as Canada's greatest hockey player. One more time. He is known as Canada's greatest hockey player. Okay, so that is number three sports. All right, guys. We got two more to go here, okay? All right. Okay, number four is a potpourri. It's kind of a... A what? A random topic. You mean potpourrika. Exactly. That's 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 right. That's the Indian tribe that took your land. No. No? Okay. That's not correct. I don't believe it. No, that's not correct. All right, number four. Here we go. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Potpourri. All right. Oh, four. 
This cat-like creature hails from my backyard in good old West Virginia. He is said to have red eyes and floats among the fields of grain. One more time. This cat-like creature hails from my backyard in good old West Virginia. He is said to have red eyes and floats among the fields of grain. Okay, that's a number four. Okay. I think I know that one. It sounds majestic (laughs) as fuck, by the way. Absolutely. Floats among the fields of grain. I like that. That's that's and here's a little hint for the listeners. If you're confused on that one, you should search our store on the midnight train where our t-shirts are. And perhaps they could even go back to older episodes as well. That's correct. Okay, so number five. (laughs) (laughs) Number five is double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. I love this part. This is worth two points. So let's say you guys answer and you miss. All of them, but you get the double jeopardy. It's worth two points. So you still get two points for getting double jeopardy. Oh, man. Here we go. This is a big one. Are we ready? Double jeopardy. Here Here we we go. go. (laughs) What is the name, a.k.a. the title of the episode in which our good buddy Chris Erminski debuted on? One more time. Double jeopardy. What is the name or title of the episode in which our good buddy Chris Erminski debuted on? All right, there you go, guys. There's your five questions. I well, think four they got with double this. jeopardy. We'll make a post. You guys answer them in order. If you get them right and you win, or you tie, you're going to be part of the song. I like that. What kind the of song is it going to be? It's up to you. You're the writer. Well, so in wait, country wait, wait, wait. all the way, baby. <laughs> so, so it, are they making their post public? Because if they do, then everybody could just copy if they think that's you know what I'm saying. But I don't think everyone's going to know. So how do you know if someone's correct or not? But that's, that's what true. But, uh, I get that, but there could be a lot of copy. Or perhaps there. just a suggestion, Jeffrey. This is not my show. My show, so therefore, well, Jeopardy is going to be your show if well, you, if I you under, land this game. I'm just saying this podcast is this is yours, and you know, and Jonathan and and fucking Moody. What's a podcast? <laughs> but your mom, I know, right? <laughs> my mother's. What not if a they podcast. emailed us their and we could answer? We could announce the winners or message it on Facebook. There you Facebook go. Facebook Messenger, yeah. They have to go through the whole hoops of email. Right. Yeah, because email's so hard. I know it is. <laughs> Isaiah, do you have an email address? I don't. Yeah, that's I what I thought. I don't have one. Do I don't have a, have a computer. I was saying, do you have a computer, Isaiah? I don't have electricity, Moody. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> then how do you watch Jeopardy? Grandma, grandma's house. <laughs> how do you listen grandma's to your right, right said Fred CD? I borrow Jeffrey's. I borrow yours. <laughs> you borrow my, yeah. my CD player? Yeah. Oh, he okay. de- but you can't plug it in. You don't have electricity. I He's got a wind-up <laughs> generator. Yeah. Fucking Moody. <laughs> All right, Isaiah. That's enough. That's enough of you. We'll see right, you, we'll see you next week. It was nice to see you and everybody out All there. Right. Good luck to All you. Right. I hope you guys make all kinds of awesome shit. All right. Bye-bye. If you want to be in Isaiah's new song, his hit song, get those answers up there. Right? Also, so that, that's a pretty good idea, man. I actually also, think that's a really good idea. Oh, and John's yeah, back. Yeah. And thank you. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mo- uh, Moody. <laughs> thank you, Isaiah, yeah, for welcome, being here. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, Moody. I also think that Isaiah needs to work on his French accent. <laughs> yeah, he didn't I mean, seem like he could do that very well. It's tough for certain people, you know. <laughs> he just didn't seem like he had the 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 the, the werewolf, the, the werewolf. He didn't have the werewolf to do that. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> poor, poor. So now poor is next guy. week. Is it going to be more questions? No, next week is going to be the performance. So next week is the actual performance. So we're going to get. We're going to find out who the winners are. We're going to do a little internet sleuthing. Maybe some details about these people via their profile and we're going to work it into a song that Isaiah is going to write and sing. Okay. That sounds good. About those people. All right. Cool. Cool. 
That's pretty awesome. So hopefully you guys out there get into it and, uh, you know, answer the questions. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I overheard what you guys are talking about. I was saying I hand back here in the back and I honestly double jeopardy. I think they can, uh, you know, I, th- I think they can find out pretty easily, but I think it's going to be- take you forward too. like, if you're take, not sure yeah. of the other ones, man, you hit that double jeopardy. That's going to secure a win. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So passengers, listen, we hope you really enjoyed your ride on Silent Hill, a.k.a. Centralia, Pennsylvania, and the Hoosack Tunnel in Massachusetts. Who? The Hoosack. Sack. Sack. Not Who? my sack. Hoosack. Your sack? Who's? Who? By the way, did you guys know that this is actually... Um, <laughs> I don't know. People chose these, um, yeah, these, these, these topics. Somebody, yeah. somebody had mentioned that. I remember hey, reading someone mentioned that. So we want to thank you guys tunnel. for doing that. And keep picking that. We're going to add some more shit up there so uh, people can uh, do that. About that, did we figure out how the, the some people were posting they can't see the poll now because they already voted? Yeah. Does I don't that know, change yeah. weekly so it they can? So, yes. Okay. Okay. So every time we add a new one, it'll, you can, it'll re- update. You can re-vote? Correct. So okay. we'll have a new one coming up here soon because you guys have been voting and it's freaking awesome. Kind of like a presidential like, election. Like this, you could just re-vote over and over. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice. absolutely horrible. I like it. <laughs> so don't forget to head on over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com. At our website, you guys can buy some super sweet merchandise at our new store, and we will donate 10% of every sale to the National Association on Mental Illness too. If you were you or someone you know is struggling with any mental uh, any mental health issues, damn, my mouth's overrunning my brain. Call the NAMI, that's NAMI Helpline at 1-800-950-6264. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Or in a crisis, text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741-741 because mental, mental health is no joke. <laughs> mental. Jesus. <laughs> mental Misty Glens. Now listen, <laughs> if you're a first time listener here or, or maybe someone who just maybe doesn't know, um, there's a, a really big reason that uh, I really support. I personally really support this as well as the uh, the overall podcast and Jeff and, and Adam is because I actually am uh, diagnosed bipolar. And so I think that, you know, everyone out there, if you are having any issues, especially now, shit is fucking crazy out there. Get help. There's nothing wrong with it, you know, because again, like, it's, like I just said, it's no joke. So don't forget to send us your creepy little items you want us to hang up in here or anything you want us to have. Like, if you think it's Isaiah postcards. scared your dog. Yeah, Isaiah's that, leaving him, scaring my fucking dog. Is that Toto, perhaps? Toto? Like the band? No, no, like the dog. No, that's way bigger than Toto. Oh, okay. So you can send all those things to the Midnight Train Podcast, P.O. Box 38206, <laughs> Olmstead Falls, Ohio 44138. Aha, I know where you were doing, and I'll, I'll bring yeah, it up here in a second. There you go. And listeners keep asking how they can keep helping. Uh, get to the, 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 God damn it, Moody. <laughs> keep the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what Jesus. you hear from us, seriously, if you like what you hear, <laughs> consider being a, a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button. For as little as five bucks a month, you guys can get all kinds of cool shit like a custom shirt, custom posters, custom stickers, bonus episodes, and way more. So if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan and you want to help produce this motherfucker, our Patreon is for you. For those of you that would rather just leave us a one-time donation, you can head on over to PayPal and use the email address, themidnighttrainpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you even can if eat, it's like 25 cents, anything, anything helps. And make sure in the memo, because awesome, you can attach a memo to your donation. Make sure you put Wilson failed dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> or, or whistle poof or whatever it is. <laughs> whistle. Whistle poof, three poofs. Yeah, three poofs. Three poofs. Three poofs. Here's a quarter. 
Uh, you know, and, and honestly, it's so easy to just like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. Someone you're talking to at the, the water cooler or someone you're talking to when you're, you know, working out at the gym or whatever like that. Just freaking tell them about the podcast. Just run on the treadmill like, hey, <laughs> you guys got to listen to this shit. It's hilarious. Have you ever heard of this podcast? They're awesome. Sir, you're yelling. <laughs> How many reps, bro? <laughs> So that's how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you guys more weekly episodes. And we can't thank you guys all enough. And listen, you guys do keep the train moving. And so you know how we do at the end of this. I'm going to try and get through this all in one big swoop, but we all know that's probably not going to happen. Let's see. Let's see if we have uh, odds on this one, me doing this right. All right. A huge butt. I already fucked up. But, a huge butt. <laughs> a big fucking midnight train shout out to. Where's my uh, where's my I'm drum coming. roll? I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. You got I'm one. Kevin, Matt, Diana, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, Michaela, Tommy P. Box, the sister skeleton. Please make sure you check out the sister skeleton uh, podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Riley, Diana, uh, Aline. Uh, Lena, excuse me, Stephanie, Julie, Laura, Cynthia, Kirsten, Dawn, Nicola, Chanel, Alex, Emil, Ann, uh, Son of Vasco, Alicia, Frandapai, Danny, Melissa, Grace, Stormy, Eva, Rob at the Fun Box Podcast, Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hager, Sean, Chainsaw, wow. Jigsaw, Bill, Son, Colin, <laughs> Todd, David V, uh, Justin K, Juan, Belen, Ken and Brad at Voodoo Vodka, Chef Kevin, Katie, Davey, our Mexican Vato, and a very special fucking thank you to our producers, Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Christina Skelton, Jessica Bartolome, Bill Birch, who, by the way, gave me an amazing freaking uh, birthday gift, by the way. And I just want to say thank you so much for the birthday gift, Bill. It was super awesome. And I'll put a ton of use into that. And of course, Samantha Pickworth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That wasn't for you. That was oh, for, that was for all of them. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, you don't deserve that. Eh, well, whatever. So if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, please sign up as a member on our website or, in fact, go further and become a Patreon producer. All right, so Jeff, Moody, you guys got anything you got to say? Yeah, uh, good luck to the listeners. If, you, if you're stumped on some of those questions, they can all be found in our shows. Oh, real quick before we go, Moody was talking about the dog, Toto. Well, we've just got something kind of big coming up for you guys for this holiday season. And uh, we're going to let that be the first of many, many clues that we're going to keep dropping just to let you guys know that something awesome is coming your, your, your way, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Moody, anything to say? Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Shoot you, motherfuckers!